Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 152 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. My name is Greg. I am the Bad Daddy 52, and we have a packed show tonight. Lots of stuff coming out. Finally, the premiere of Andor, all the shows we've been covering, and a special guest. So we got a lot going on. Let me go ahead and hop into it. Start with my homeboy, Ross. Baby Bear, what's up? Baby Bear. Baby Bear. Man, if we don't talk about that, just... <laughs> <laughs> just Boimler losing his crap this is about the only thing that I need to get across tonight because that scene in that show was fantastic. I'm doing yeah. good Friday night as always, enjoying the cooler weather. Mm. So felt fantastic cool today if you're in North Carolina, <laughs> really, really did. So, uh, Sarah will be joining us here in just a little bit. She's wrapping some things up. She'll hop on, but we do have special guest tonight, Dalton Shannon. He is the writer of Frankenstein: The Unconquered, and we are going to talk about this comic book tonight. Dalton, how you doing? <laughs> Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. It's uh, it is nice and cool. We're up in Wisconsin, and it's finally where I can just leave the door open and not even have to run the AC anymore. It's great. Yeah. Been ready for those times, and I know that living here in North Carolina, we'll have it for about mm, a week like this. Yeah, and then it'll either get insanely we'll get hot two. again. Come on, we'll get to maybe it'll get insanely hot again for the next two months, or it'll just drop to to zero degrees. 10 degrees like, <laughs> about how it was back uh, in arkansas mm. arkansas was very fickle with its fall no. mm -hmm. weather's very unpredictable but <clears throat> dalton you're joining us tonight you have a uh, excuse me word salad there <laughs> you are the creator of a comic book here the writer of the comic book here and is frankenstein the unconquered yes. um you shared it with us you're here to talk about your kickstarter and talk about the first issue so just kind of uh walk us into what this comic's about yeah so uh I'm co-writer and co-creator with uh, my writing partner, Wells Thompson. Uh, we do a lot of different projects together. Frankenstein's the most recent. Uh, it's basically Frank meets Conan. Uh, 500 years in the future, post-apocalypse, the monster thaws from the ice after the end of the original novel and basically just cuts a swath of destruction across the world Uh if it belongs on a mega death cover, it belongs in this book. There's over the top action, monsters, swords, uh, all like the book opens with him like riding a star down back to Earth from from space, and and then cutting a swath of destruction from there. Uh, it it's so much fun. It's so over the top, and uh, it's I don't know. It it allows us to really just kind of bring all of our our crazy like. I don't adult isn't the right word but more more grown-up idea because we also have another series that's all ages and we also get to really like let loose and have fun with that one but in a okay. different vein uh frank is frank is very very cool i just like frank a lot <laughs> you can say metal he's metal he's metal as hell <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, starting off, the, the first question I got to ask walking into this mm -hmm. is, why Frankenstein? Like, what, what brings you to that decision with this character? Yeah, I uh, I always grew up with the universal horror films. Okay. Uh, so, Lugosi's Dracula, Karloff's Frankenstein, Cheney's Wolfman. Uh, loved those as a kid growing up. And uh, as a kid, I was really into, like, Wolfman and Creature. They were, like, the most aesthetically cool. They just looked neat. Uh, but as I got older and uh, started appreciating them more as, like, like, films rather than just excuses to watch monsters uh karloff's frankenstein really like of all of those films 
Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are really the only ones, except maybe Dracula, that you can kind of look at and say, this is art. And uh, the, the character that Karloff imbues in that in the monster, uh, along with going back and reading Shelley's original novel and seeing how those two are like polar opposites and yet still feel like the same character. Uh, I've uh, actually been on a, a bit of a, a tirade, this uh, marketing campaign, uh, saying that Frank's kind of like the Batman of the Universal Monsters in that you can do something completely silly like Batman 66 and then do something super grounded like the Dark Knight and it all still feels like Batman. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like insincere. Uh, and the same can be said with, with Frankenstein. Uh, it all still feels... Like if we did this with Dracula, something would feel a little off. But Frankenstein allows us to kind of go anywhere, do anything, and uh, putting a sword in his hand is, uh, I don't know, it's not like the next logical step. Yeah. Ross, you got anything? Uh, first off, congratulations, you guys fulfilled your $5,000 goal from what I saw on Kickstarter. Yes, so. uh, it's our, it's the fastest, uh, it's the best campaign we've ever had. Like three days, it blew us away. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we're not, we were expecting it to be, be cool but uh because the first campaign did really well but not not like this it was crazy yeah no you guys uh i was tracking it when greg sent out the information um mm -hmm. i went and checked it out uh i'll get to the comic book in a second but <laughs> uh just watching how like how fast you guys are rolling up and like there's yeah. still 26 days left in, in your campaign so that's going to definitely speak speak to either past projects or what you have been doing to actually get this project out in people's hands the idea i was that was gonna be my first question too like not just why frankenstein but like where did the idea come from and um the group that you have working on it mm -hmm. i mean it does spectacular work i mean the, i love the art shots i yes. love all of the action shots i mean they even the just the phrases are just enough to show you like i said how metal Frankenstein mm -hmm. seems in this thing. I love this yeah. shot, right or the here. monster. Oh yeah, oh Mary's fantastic. Uh, yeah, our I Wells and I are spoiled rotten because uh, we've only had great collaborators to work with. Uh, Mary Landros, the the line artist, uh, like this young twenty four year old out of out of Canada. She is a sweetheart, love her to death, and then she draws shit like this and. She she always seems so excited when we give her pages because she's like I don't get to draw this that often like this is this is awesome and you go look at her Instagram and she she's drawing like Batman and Joker all the time she's worked with Todd McFarlane on some Spawn stuff before like she is so talented and it's almost almost a shame that we have to throw color on it because I kind of want a big artist edition of her just her inks uh, but Dahlia Maha's colors like I love how much they pop it's it's almost like it's almost zany in how like clashing the colors can be with the art at times, but it never feels like it's not supposed to be there. It, it feels yeah, it does. like a part of this world, even though it's so like exaggerated, especially on like the, I actually just got my, uh, my comps in today. So like on the double page spread, like all those bright neons and everything on there, like it, Dahlia's color work just speaks for itself really brings wow. out the art yeah and then of course uh nathan kemp our letterer uh makes all of our stupid words look so great and flow on the page it doesn't seem too bloated with narration which in a book 
that's trying to evoke uh, a lot of 70s Roy Thomas Conan books can get a little bloated with his narration, but Nathan makes it look effortless. It's great. Yeah, there's just enough that keeps you, that keeps the mysterious, the, like the mysticism with him, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I love the intro of bringing him in and just, you know, right out the gate, it's just an explosion. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, I was sitting there trying to connect the dots in my head while I was reading it. Um, like, all I could think about was, like, like how hardcore the whole situation would actually be. And like, I was really, that's when I was like, where did the idea come from for this to happen? Because it was, it just felt massive. Yeah. Uh, originally I think I had had the idea of doing like a cosmic Frankenstein where he's kind of like going through space with a sword and a ray gun and fighting monsters and aliens and stuff. <laughs> uh, but then like that image of him with the sword and then like the long hair really was like oh this is this is Conan has, has nobody really done this before that's so, so surprising to me and yep. so I, I was like okay we jumped on it Frankenstein as Conan the Barbarian uh, and we kind of kept that that space thing uh, about two yeah about 30 years ago uh, when Frank got exiled into space like he he wakes up from the ice 200 years ago Cuts a swath of destruction across the continent, like pisses off all the wrong people. And then they all finally get together and shoot him into space. And now about 30 years have passed and he's like murdered the stars to get home to seek his revenge. And so it starts off with a bang of him just murdering a star as they fall, crash into the desert. And then he just wants some food (laughs) and then the wrong people piss him off. (laughs) And we, this whole first arc is him, back on earth trying to uh get revenge on those who shot him into space in the first place so it's one big like mad max revenge quest uh it 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 only gets crazier from here each issue we're introducing more monsters issue two for the campaign we're doing now actually introduces the wolfman uh the bride's gonna be in some flashbacks uh we're gonna have jekyll and hyde invisible man all sorts of cool stuff in the next few issues that's not pretty exciting (laughs) i I noticed the uh the neil gaiman Book right here too yeah we uh <laughs> they always uh, especially in uh shelly's novel uh frank always talks about paradise lost and that's also a common book people find in like the ashes of an apocalypse and i was like ah that's old school let's let's put like a, a modern book in the ashes uh to show just how i don't know modern the apocalypse was yeah and it was uh that was just a little easter egg i guess I, was, I, I saw it pretty cool. I was like, ah, oh, I had I had to check that kind of zoom in on it because I've only got the digital copy. I had to zoom in on it to mm-hmm. get the name of it. But I was like, oh, okay, very nice. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that timeline because of this, that was the only thing that was really confusing me. I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out the placement of the timeline and only reading through one issue. It was kind of, uh, it, it was a little difficult for me. But uh, that now that I can, I can picture it now, like the 30 years and the 200 years, I think the mm-hmm. 500 year thing was what threw me off. There were so many numbers in math. Right, <laughs> not my strong suit. No, yeah, uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely not my strong suit. Yeah, but, uh, we really, yeah. uh, we really wanted this first issue to have a lot of momentum. So uh, we have the flashback of of how Frank, you know, began essentially as uh, a conqueror. But we start filling in the gaps in subsequent issues of like the particulars of what happened that got him sent into space, essentially. Uh, so we we do start kind of solidifying that timeline as issues go on. But uh, more or less, it's 500 years after the novel, and then 200 years after that, he gets sent into space. So it's 
700 years after the end of the novel, essentially. And then 30 years after that is when he's coming down. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So 730. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, did I just miss that? But in the book, did it say it was 10 years? 10 years up there was 30 years on the planet? Right. You know, celestial body movements. So he, okay, he okay, has spent okay. 10 years in space. To him, it's yeah. only been 10 years. But gotcha. Earth, That's, that was the 30. only part I was really fuzzy on after yeah. reading like, the, the prologue and everything. So, yeah. This splash page is beautiful. Oh my god, I I am oh, it's so I'm beautiful. I'm considering getting like a massive print of it to just hang in my office because I and you know honestly that that previous page was a feat in and of itself. Uh, that's a 12 panel montage page that uh, could have honestly been its own issue of material, mm. uh, and we we you know had it in the script, gave it to Mary, and we were like, she's probably going to have to be like split this at least into two pages or something. And she just yeah. comes back with the page, just saying, all done. And it's not even in like these static 12-panel uh, grids. It's super dynamic. It tells a story. And then you flip it, and it's the double-page spread. And it's like, we don't deserve you, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someday keep she's her name find... and number on a list. Yeah, she's going to find out she's too good for us soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way that, that's blended all together right there, like that that's just like a perfect tattoo. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's a sleeve. You know, right that's, a, that's, a, that's something else we got to do with Frank is if it belongs as a tattoo, then yeah, you, you should probably get it in this book too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's at this point, because I was looking at the character, you know, I'm sitting there mm -hmm. thinking Frankenstein and I'm like, you know, the the only way that it could be like, I don't, well, I don't know if I should really like spoil the end. At the very end, after he goes on his little rager and mm -hmm. then, you know, he's like, you know, you've, you gave me food and you gave me fire and he's like, but don't you ever do that again. <laughs> And yeah. it was that scene. I'm like, if he didn't like, it'd be, if he could just take like a little something from like each of his victims or each of the people that mm. he, you know, does something with being Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, at least to, to me, doesn't seem much, like much of a, a trophy hunter. He's very much like a force of nature. Uh, he, he's very like one-minded. He's going to do his goal. And if anybody pisses him off, they, something happens to him. Uh, he's a, he, is a man of like twisted honor. Like the dude, dude's not a good person. Like, <laughs> uh, like he can, he can blame the world for not accepting him all he wants, but he makes his own choices. Like he's a monster. And uh, that's kind of something we explore. We're going to be exploring throughout the series is uh, how much of this rage is like actually justified or is Frank just as terrible a person as the people he hates and kind of dissecting, all the, the toxic traits he inherited from, from Victor uh, about, you know, what it means to be a human, what it means to be a man and uh, how the world reacts to all of that. It's uh, there's a lot of meat left over from the novel that uh, we can kind of flesh out uh, in, in the ongoing. It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> well, you, you say that he's a man who has a goal in mind and he's just not going to let anything get in his way, but what is his goal or is this something we're going to figure out as as the story progresses yeah uh it was in intentionally left vague uh okay. the so this first issue is actually pretty much an adaptation of our ash can that we did when we first started out we made our own ash cans we wrote them and then i drew them and then we stapled them together and took them to cons and they're not very good they're poorly drawn but the meat of the story is still in here Okay. Uh, it's only eight pages, but you have him falling to earth, fighting bad guys, and then riding off into the sunset. 
that eventually got adapted into our other series, Descent into Dread. So somebody who can actually draw Drew Frank here. So a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the ash cans we did got adaptations. But this is we actually got to kind of uh, really kind of flesh out the story in more than eight pages, and that uh, the the vagueness of it. Uh, kind of came from a place of the Ashcan, where uh, if if that was the only if this was the only issue of Frankenstein the Unconquered that ever came out, it would be pretty okay because it ends with him riding off into the sunset, almost like a western. Right. And the way the series is kind of structured, at least in that first arc, is he comes to a town, he solves a problem, and then he leaves the town. And then the next issue is kind of the same thing. It all builds towards an arc, but uh, it's it's got that kind of almost that uh, Clint Eastwood feel to it. Uh, so, so yeah, the, the goals aren't necessarily there in the first issue. Uh, but in, as we progress and we start seeing more of the flashbacks, especially issue two is really where it kicks off with the flashbacks. There's a, like half the issue is flashback. Uh, and each issue kind of builds in the flashback and in the present day until they end up colliding in, I believe, issue five or six. Okay. And uh, it all it all comes to a head, but we we do kind of get into the uh, the whys. It's I mean, it kind of, it boils down to revenge at the end of the day. Dude's pissed he got shot into space, but uh, someone he cares about got really hurt during that whole kerfuffle as well, and uh, someone he trusted was behind everything. So he's uh, he's very much on uh, he's he's hell bent to make it right in his head. And uh, nothing, nothing's gonna stop him. Right. right. <laughs> when you're on those revenge tours like that, not much does, especially when you're yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and a lot of innocent people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of innocent people are gonna get hurt too. Like uh, our second issue introduces uh, Larry, our Wolfman, and uh, probably the last good person in this world. And uh, things. Poor Larry. Things don't always go great for that guy. <laughs> He's trying so hard, and Frank is frank well and that was one thing i was going to ask you before you, you kind of answered it as you were speaking a minute ago was i was going to ask is there an end to this or is it like a, a story all in one but you even said you can read it issue one could be a story all by itself mm -hmm. but it is an overarching story so yeah. i guess you have information to pull from with this novel you can just write endless stories about this character yeah i mean if we were Specifically in this era of Frank, um, there is one through line. So we have about like 13 issues uh, planned out for the ongoing series. Okay. But there, like especially in the prose piece in the back, uh, that's set dear, before Frank gets shot into space. Okay. Uh, and so there's an entire world of Frankenstein stories set in that 200 years after he comes out of the ice that you could just do one and done stories forever and that's kind of exciting to think about but like right now it's just like straight up first arc is revenge and then the there's a turn and then we go into our second arc and it's a it's a straight shot to the end uh, essentially uh so uh so yeah there, there's lots you can do with frank and we even have thought about what to do after the series is over and maybe going back to cosmic frankenstein what was frank even doing in space all those years like that there's with someone like Frankenstein and with the uh, kind of uh, personality that we've given him, 
this where he's more of a force of nature than a man. Mm-hmm. Like the dude could punch a supernova to death. Like I, I'm convinced he could do that. And uh, there's just there's so much you could do with it. It's it's exciting to think about. Oh yeah, I definitely love the scale that you've given him. I think that yeah. it's, I think it's it's just it's a playground, man. Like you yeah. got so much to play with. Yes. So Tin Tizzy in the chat says you love the artwork in the comic book. Oh yes, uh, and he, he's asking where you get your inspiration from. Oh, inspiration. Um, I mean, I'm obsessed with comic books. Like that. That's my one true love is comics. So, uh, and I mean, as as a kid, you grow up loving superheroes and stuff. Uh, and I, I fell in love with uh, Kirby and Ditko, uh, Toth, uh, really all of those uh, just phenomenal artists of the the 50s and and 60s Uh, and then of course you go into uh you've got you've got the greats with with burn and everybody but i I didn't really click with anybody else until i i found todd mcfarland's work and i uh, i I love that super cartoony animated stuff that mcfarland does i love the attitude uh but if we're talking storytelling in general it's usually grant morrison uh any I, i don't think i've read a bad grant morrison story they usually make me cry uh and so so i i really you could definitely tell reading frankenstein there's more there's morrisonisms throughout that kind of huge cosmic scope i i i love the big cosmic stuff right uh, i i couldn't i couldn't write a daredevil story to save my life but uh, you you give me superman we'll go all day you know like i love the the larger than life stuff and uh no uh, the, I think the biggest inspiration of for Frank specifically are those universal films and uh, the Roy Thomas Conan comics from the bronze age. Those okay. are, those are really where I'm pulling from a lot. Uh, but you're, you're going to see Grant Morrison and, and Jack Kirby and just about anything that I do. It's a good mixture. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I am just heartbroken that those two will never collaborate on a comic book. Uh, I'm holding out hope. I keep, I keep trying to manifest this. I want, <laughs> I want Grant Morrison and John Romita Jr. to do a Fantastic Four run, but Grant Morrison would never do it, and it kind of breaks my heart. Never say never, I guess. I've seen weird, <laughs> weirder things happen. But. Yeah. So one thing I always ask creators when they come on mm-hmm. here is, from when your idea of this comic came out or this line came out, from start to finish, like when you envision it in your head and the product you have now, how much change did it go through? uh enough change to be better than i imagined it because like when when you're that's you a, know, that's a good answer yeah <laughs> when when you're a writer for the most part uh when you when you lay out a script page for an artist it all is just vagaries like yeah you can describe what's happening in a panel but you're really just trying to describe like shadow people on a wall. Like there's not a whole lot of definition unless you're pulling from like a specific image you found on Google or something. Right. Uh, I have no way to communicate the amount of detail that Mary puts into a panel or the, or I'm colorblind. I could never be like Dahlia. I want this kind of palette for the book. Like it's, it's ridiculous to, to consider. Uh, and you can see from the ash can, I don't know how to draw anyway. Like, so when it, it started off as very, you know, loose, loose skeleton and, uh, eventually Wells and I worked together enough to get it, uh, to where the story, uh, you know, panel by panel and, and dialogue and stuff was, was that a pretty, pretty solid lock. Uh, 
but once you hand it over to your team, uh, it it everything you worked on is just the base mm. because something's going to change in that translation. And if you're working with a team you trust, it's always going to be better than what you wrote anyway. Right. Like we can, and we always tell this to artists we work with because we we do a full we do full script. We do panel one is this, panel two is this, panel three. Uh, but we always say, look, these are just like how we're breaking it down in our heads to tell a story. You're the artist. You know how best it's going to look on a page. If you see a way to make this better or if you think this panel's not going to work, take it out. Like make the page your page. Uh, it's not going to be collaboration if you're just regurgitating the script, essentially. So it uh, it changed. I mean, What's great about Frank is you can really see from like inception all the way here. I'll even, I'll show the, it's, it's the same shot in every book. So here's my crappy ass drawing of Frank coming out of the crater from all those years ago. And then we had it adapted in descent, descent into dread. And, you know, we're, we're starting to get there. We're getting there. And then Mary comes in. And Mary gives us this, and it's full color. It's wild as hell. Beautiful. And it's so yeah. There's been a lot of changes to Frank, but that that core, that core is still what it was. It's still mm. solid, but it, it's grown into something that's way better, way better than it ever could have been if it was just Wells and I doing, just kind of spitballing. I mean, that's always the best part about working with the team, you know? Yes. Like. Yeah. I mean, especially just seeing how people interpret your mm -hmm. your what's going on in your brain. And so I always find it amazing when someone surprises you like crazy mm -hmm. just because words that you put into someone's head or, you know, a storyline that you had on paper that someone interpreted just turns into something that you never even imagined that it could have. Exactly. You know? trying to pitch an idea for like a movie or a TV show. And you hear all these people talk about mm -hmm. how, well, you know, that's not exactly what I imagined when I walked in there to go do it. And then they turn around and, you know, I don't, I don't know, create star Wars or like, you know, whatever yeah. weird IP that, you know, comes out of their, their head. And, you know, from conception to fruition is always, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's, so it's wild. And then like in the, that 12 panel montage and then the, the double page spread, like the, I don't get how she was able to do it and make it readable and make it like flow. Right. It was, it's we're, we're, we're super spoiled. <laughs> I hope, they, <laughs> I hope they never leave. <laughs> it's always good to work with a team you trust. Yeah. It makes things so much easier. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, well, Ross, did you have any other questions? Um, I know we've got asked about inspiration, talked about the artwork and the storyline itself. I mean, the only question I have is I got to figure out what the crest is about. But I guess I'm going to figure out, wait for the next, the next drop. So. Yeah, you'll have to go to the Kickstarter. It's live right now. <laughs> issue yeah. one and two. So if you missed the first issue and you've liked what you heard, you can make sure to grab that on the Kickstarter. Uh, we're already fully funded, so there's, there's no worries there. We're actually working on stretch goals right now. So we can get the uh, next chapter of the prose piece in the back. Uh, I think we're working towards uh, some prints, uh, another variant cover, uh, some enamel pins. Uh, so it all... It all starts stacking after a bit, but uh, yeah, come on by. We're, we've got some great uh, reward tiers to choose from. You can adopt a page of Mary's work and get a one-of-a-kind print of that page there you go. just for you. And you guys have seen her work. You know how great it is. You're going to want that. 
That's better than any NFT right there. God, yeah. yes. Yes. So. <laughs> She's also, we also have, uh, I believe we still have three commission slots open uh, for Mary. So not only could you get a commission from Mary, but you could adopt a page of Mary's as well and just have all that. And, you know, when you get the adopt a page, that's going to come in full color too. So like you're going to have the double, the double page spread's already spoken for, unfortunately. That's, that's yeah. mine. <laughs> uh, Shout out your team, you know, I mean, give them all, give them all credit. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, give give your team a shout out. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me at on all the social medias that matter at Dalton K. Shannon. Uh, my co-writer, co-creator Wells is out on Twitter at Wells Thomp, T-H-O-M-P. Uh, Mary is actually on Instagram. I believe it's Mary Landro, Mary Land Art. Uh, Dahlia is also on, uh, actually, I think Dahlia just has a website. So you should be able to just type in Dahlia Maha and she's got a .com. Uh, Nathan Kempf is on Twitter as well. Uh, I think it's in Kempf, K-E-M-P-F. He's French, so it's a little, little trickier. Uh, and of course, all our designer, Brenda Snellby, is at Batman and Sovin. She's the one who did all of the cover work, uh, the logo, uh, and uh, all of our variant artists are there as well. Jay Stokes is having two first names is badass. So that's go. what that's what they keep telling me. Yeah. But uh, it, at the end of the day, I just get called Shannon a lot. <laughs> well, man, it was awesome having you on. Give me all that information for your Kickstarter, and I'll put it in the show notes. So that way people can find it. We'll put it out Absolutely. there. Try to get some people out there to support. So you all have already hit the goals. So that doesn't mean you can't donate. That doesn't mean you can't uh, you know, pay for some good content here. Yeah, so help us get to the stretch to goals. Episode. There you go. But... Uh, Dalton, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes. And you're welcome to stay on as long as you like. We're about to go into, uh, Sarah just got here. We're about to hop into uh, another show. Um, so I'm not kicking you off by any means, but, uh, <laughs> well, actually I got to get prepped for a convention. I'm driving out of Milwaukee tomorrow for uh, mighty con. So I've got to actually get, I haven't even started packing yet. So uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a blast. Yeah. And uh, let, let me know if you ever want anything else. We'll put it out here to get up and collaborate again. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much guys. Thank you. Best of luck, man. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Oh, yeah. What's up, Sarah? Oh, man. It's been a crazy day. That's <laughs> <laughs> not a crazy oh. day. You just uh, missed our Lower Decks talk. Yeah, we went all through it. We see, you know what? She won't want to talk about this. No, so you did. Don't even it. lie. Y'all did. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, sorry I missed the creator, but I did take a look at the comic book and it. <laughs> It was pretty, um, yeah, that was pretty. I like that. Metal. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll include everything to uh, find it in the show notes if y'all want to check it out. And uh, if you want to hear anything about it beforehand, just hit rewind and check out the stuff there. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Cody's not here yet. Y'all want to hop into something else other than House of the Dragon? <sighs> do one of the smaller shows like She-Hulk, Lower Decks? No, go, rip your She-Hulk band-aid off. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Uh, still not liking the show. It's not <laughs> terrible. It's just not for me. And that's like I said. I don't want to talk a lot of trash about it. It's not for me. I'll talk. I'll talk the trash. I'll say I want it. to it's, talk. I'll it's talk entertaining, to but it's superficial. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I mean, especially this one. This one is just like, uh, like, did you have to go there? Oh my god. Yeah. Well, at the end, they're bringing in somebody. And so, I mean, you know, I mean, the Internet's whole entire rumor has been, you know, we're going to this is where they're going to introduce um, 
Uh, God, what's his name? The big head from Hulk. The big head from Hulk. Oh, you're talking about... Um, um, no one's going to get me on this one. Uh, the leader. So I'm trying to get it in there. And so, you know, they brought the leader out as he's going to be the... Uh, oh, was he going to be in the Captain America movie, I think? But the whole point is that, you know, they're going to tie him across to be part of one of the possibly bigger carryover bad guys, villains. And so if that's what they're doing at the end, and that's what the, you know, the whole thicker needle with trying to get She-Hulk's blood, because the leader was all about trying to get um, Bruce Banner's blood. Uh, I mean, it would be a good tie-in. So I'm good for, uh, I'm good for more. I think that what six of, I think there's nine episodes of the show. So we got three more. Let's see what they do. How many episodes do we have left? Three. Three. <laughs> just said it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just trying to make sure. I'm, I'm reading and doing all that stuff. So three episodes. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I guess with three episodes, they can tie things back together and, and, and bring the story back around. I just I just don't see where the story is going in, in the big scheme of things. Like, I haven't seen anything stand out that really makes me... I don't know that, that that goes along with anything that I know in the MCU as far as where it's moving forward in the future, you know, um, the little bit of Hulk stuff at the beginning, but that was about it. And then, like you just said, the, the character induced here, but I don't know. I feel like I may not be giving the show justice because I haven't liked what I've seen so far. So I'm really, really trying to go into open minded, but I'm having a hard time finding a lot of things that are like, I don't know making me feel like it's tied into this universe besides the whole, besides the cameos we've had. And by the way, this is the first episode we've had without a big cameo, right? Yeah. I mean, they introduced yeah. other characters. I mean, I like the, the, you know, little side characters they keep bringing in, uh, in this episode, it was Lulu, the, the friend. And then, you know, obviously I liked, uh, Oh, the girl that's been hitting all the con circuits, Madison, um, you know, they're just, they're just fun characters of the week. Yeah. And, you know, Lulu was a real big pain in the ass in this episode. So when I say fun, I mean that it was fun, like watching her just be a shitty bridezilla. I don't, I enjoy it. I'm, yeah. If you just watch the whole entire show, once they're done, you could probably get two and a half hours out I would of it say maybe a two and a half hour movie, by the yeah. time that you you bust all the credits and everything uh, away from it so and i think that's that's what i'm going to do once it finishes completely i'm going to give it a rewatch all the way through just streaming it like you said it'll take two and a half hours it'll be like watching a movie and maybe it'll work out better once again i've still got three episodes that may change i'm not sure uh cody's in the house what's up cody oh what up boys and ladies <laughs> Hi, you? <laughs> all right, man. You sound far away from the microphone. I'm using this stupid headset that I've got. Ah, I got it's, you. Yeah, I, I have I have the brand new mic. I've got everything. I'm just waiting for the arm for me to be able to mount the damn thing. Nice. So, yeah, <laughs> not too much do. longer of me doing the robot voice thing here, but yeah. <laughs> well, are you watching She-Hulk? No. No, <laughs> uh, I'm not. Um, okay. But I'm also like, I'm also not like not watching it like on purpose either. Right. Just like it's one of those things it. that like when it's done, I'll probably just end up watching the whole thing. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I haven't heard, if I'm just being very honest with you, I have not heard great things. So yeah. I don't know. I, but I, like I said, I try not to judge it. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know what it's been for me, though? It's been because you got like Rings of Power and you've got House of the Dragon. And there's so much fantasy and so many names you gotta learn and like all like you you add in Andor to the mix now with all these new characters and everything else and you're just like when I sit down and watch She Hulk, I don't do anything. I just sit it's there and look at it. Yeah. It's I just mindless. sit there and look at it and I watch it and I laugh and then I turn it off. I hear you. And and honestly, if that maybe it's just me that I was looking for more in a show, and that's 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 what this show is supposed to be. You know, and, it, and I'm just looking at it incorrectly. It's a mindless you know, comedy. So. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much you find funny, but yeah. Yeah. So you said it was very superficial. My thing is, it's like this whole self-discovery. I'm like, it's it's just getting old. Because it really, there's been a few things that she's experienced that, like, to me, it's just so cliche. You know, like making a statement, oh, I'm coming to this, um, wedding of it's a high school friend i mean you don't really know how tight they are you know that kind of thing and then saying oh i just want to come and just show everybody that i'm successful i'm you don't have shit to prove to anybody that's that's my thing that's that's what i get i'm like you don't have anything to prove i'm like and stuff like that it just grates on me it really does and it, it might just be me maybe it's just me but i mean yeah a lot of it it's like i said it's just just mindless fun. I'm not saying it's not entertaining because you, know, you sit there and I'm just like, mm. it was just like with Titania. Mm -hmm. You know, she, the episode before, it's like, you're out, you're, you're obsessed with me. No, I'm not. You're, and then she finally admits it. Yeah. So I'm just like. And Tim says what I've been at trying to echo right here with that same thing too. The effects <laughs> and the pacing. The pacing of the show has been a real big problem. Titania, like you just brought up, I mean, that whole entire aspect just seems overwhelming or underwhelming. I mean, it's, overstretched is probably a better way of saying it just because they started this show off with her in the first episode, at the very end and they bring her in to do this kind of crap. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, she doesn't pose a threat. So, and now like her, said, it's like know, high school to me. The whole damn show to me feels like high school. It's almost like watching an episode of star girl type. Deal, exactly. You know, and no, you're you're definitely not alone on that. Like that's that's kind of the way I feel too. Is this show has a lot of double standards, and it it it's a lot of you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, and then I'm gonna turn around and do this. And I'm wondering if towards the end of the show, that's part of this identity thing of her finding herself, of her realizing maybe some of these things that I'm saying don't do, or, or this and that. I see in some situations are necessary or are different. Like, I don't know what the learning curve is going to be for this, or if that's even what they're going for. So that's why I'm watching until the end to see, but mm -hmm. yes, it's one thing that definitely bothers me about it is it feels like a lot of teenage angst. Like she is an adult and it feels like she's a teenager in an adult's body, mm -hmm. you know? So we didn't get to see the suit. They mentioned the suit in this episode, but we didn't get to see the suit. We got to see the dress. Are we gonna you get may to not see, see the suit? suit for a while. You don't think? Are we gonna get to see it in this series? I would imagine so. I think they're just gonna yeah. do the same thing. You know, they're gonna daredevil it. You know, or I guess MCU's been doing it with most of their characters. You know, they save it all till the end. So, yeah. 
Speaking of Daredevil, no real mentions of him yet. We know he has an appearance in this show. Three episodes left. I think a lot of these shows are going to kind of just sprinkle in these characters. You know, like mm. this, the, you know, the big news this week was that, uh, oh, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Uh, uh, I can't remember her first name, but Ritter who plays Jessica Jones can't has a scheduling conflict with filming daredevil. Mm-hmm. And so instead of that, the news is they're bringing Punisher in instead. So I would only imagine that he's going to be sprinkled in, you know, maybe a little here and a little there just to show his face, show his skull, you know, and then to basically turn him into like the, the next thing. So kind of dovetail it into his show. Cause we know he's got something coming out soon. Uh, well, any parts of this episode y'all want to bring up? I mean, it was, they, she even says it at the beginning of like, this late in the series, having a self-contained wedding episode, which is kind of making fun of yourself to that extent. Okay. That was, I was like, okay, cool. I mean, at least they're being honest with me. This is a late in the series, self-contained episode. So we'll see what happens within the future, but any particular parts of this episode y'all want to bring up the end? Let's do it. I mean, because honestly now I'm like, Oh, are we getting into a story? See, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. That's, that's the kind of stuff I'm looking in. for. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. With the stuff they've given us through six episodes, I feel like they could have told all of this through three. So maybe through the last three episodes, there will be a full story coming through that we've spent six building up to. Yeah, yeah this could have definitely been an intro arc. I, I will not argue that point at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I didn't understand the the Mister Immortal, um, like just seeing it all, like any part of that story, like it, unless he's going to be a character in the future that we have, and it's introducing that character, it just seemed like this point. Now, Ross, you did mention this is just to show the bonding moment between those two, and okay, I get that. That makes sense. At least that gives this scene some purpose. Do y'all think this is uh, anything else or was just strictly for that, for the, for the bond of those two? I think it was just strictly because, you know, apparently they're, it's their superhero division or their whatever. So, I mean, they're going to actually show clients that they're actually working with. And I think that was pretty much how I felt like that's what was, how, what was interjected Yeah. because, because, you know, you brought Jennifer in here and that's what she's working for, you know, cause you already had, um, Abomination. So that was the first one. Now you're showing, oh, there's some other ones that are, that'll kind of trickle in. All right. So um, we might see some throwaway characters, kind of like in the boys. They have a lot yeah. of characters you see yeah. in the background yeah. with different powers. Yeah. Okay. That makes this sense. This is just meant to be a comedy. You know, the simple fact is just a rumor that, or not a rumor, but just funny how one dude thinks he can get away with all that kind of crap. Because, I mean, if you, if you give him the chance, you know, you know, someone's going to do it. So, yeah. I will say that was an inter- that was an entertaining one. I mean, it was complete. Like I said, it's like another like cliche cliche type thing where he's like, "Oh, I don't want confrontation because the whole fifteen seconds of eye contact." No, no. Okay, we'll make it twenty. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just you know, him like, running out of money, the window. Anything, what? Anything else? But not fifteen seconds of eye contact. No. That was pretty funny watching run jump out the window. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. So, uh. Yeah, like I said, this we'll see how this show ends up. There's nothing that says it can't finish strong. 
I want to see the story art come together, and I'd like to see some kind of tie-ins to how it's going to be in the future in this bigger universe. But, you know, the thing is, I keep saying that, but this bigger universe is the shows. Like, it's not just everything tying in the movies now. Like, they're they're the universe is so big, there could be shows that just don't really have anything to do with movies at all. And it's so big, it fits in there now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, maybe I need to stop looking for that. Change my mindset of the way I'm looking for things, but... Anything else about She-Hulk? Because I know Cody is itching over there. Talk about some hot tea with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually watching until the, next week. <laughs> I'm actually watching the last little bit of Rings of Power. Okay. <laughs> I just finished that like not too long He's ago. He's like, I need more time. Well, while, while you finish no, that, good. do you want us to talk about uh, Lower Decks? Yeah, we can knock that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a yeah, little more time. Huh? Cool. Well, if y'all are done with She-Hulk, let's go ahead and do Can that we, then. Please? Baby Bear. What is Lower, what is Lower Decks? It's, it's an animated Star Trek. Um, yeah, it's a Star Trek animated uh, series that's funny as shit. You'd like it, dude. I mean, seriously, yeah. you would. It's, okay, what, it's what's hilarious. it on? Paramount. Paramount. Paramount, okay. Yeah. Or all okay. the Star Trek stuff is. That's right. So hit me with it, Baby Bear. What's up? You're excited <laughs> oh, about this episode. This episode was so damn funny. I mean, just <laughs> Rutherford alone, which, I mean, that character just got announced, not even him, like uh, the actor got announced that he's going to be like an actual um, staple in the next Loki series. So, I mean, like he's okay. he's 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 enjoying his time right now. Um, but the whole double Rutherford, Rutherford situation was just so funny to watch how simple Rutherford and, you know, I guess teen like teen angst Rutherford, you know, will put a little pissed off badass in there um, <laughs> to sit there and, and watch them just fight and bicker back and forth. But right. the best part of the episode was Boimler period. Go, going hands down Sam at the end, <laughs> going ape shit on yep. everybody flipping tables. Oh, Boimler, just, I'm telling you. <laughs> yes. Listening to everything that he says. Um, I mean, it was all the people that came to the table. And he's just like, you know, without Starfleet, none of you would exist. And just goes, ape shit. And I could totally relate. And I was sitting there the whole time like, yes, I feel your pain. And I would definitely punch motherfuckers in the face for you right now. (laughs) That Rutherford situation was, for me, it was kind of like Steve Urkel and Stefan Urkel situation. (laughs) And you were looking at that and I was like, oh, cool. I can relate to that. That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, Rutherford was great in this episode. Um, this one was focused on him. Uh, you know, they, they tend to do that with some of these episodes, is focused on different characters, but it was definitely focused on him, and I liked his story arc. Um, <laughs> I do love how <laughs> whenever the, the alien's taking over his body, and he's, he's uh, or not taking over his body, his other personality's taking over his body, and he's trying to convince him that it's him, and he's like, golly gee, guys, shucks, and something yeah. like that, and he's like, they're never going to believe me if you talk like that, you silly Billy or something like that. And I was like, it's just perfect. The way they do that is perfect. And just yep. keeps going on. Like nothing happened. Absolutely. Love it, man. The comedy in this show is so on point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just think it was funny because like I said, it showed you that contrast of, you know, it's like, was this really what Rutherford was like prior? And then of course kind of gave like, um, like a cyborg type vibe to where, Oh, why are you like you are? It's like, how did you get to this point? So it's like, oh, cover up. Oh no. So it's not really the story that you know you thought, you know, face value. There's there's more to the story. 
There's going to be an underground drug smuggling race wing. Race wing you know? Yeah, exactly. Those are some pimp ships, though. You got to admit. Yeah. <laughs> they came up with some yep. really tight shit, though. It was hilarious because <laughs> Rutherford's ship was he's like, it's just a troop carrier with a paint job. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, it was, was the other one? It was, a, it was an engine with a seat strap to it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you can create anything you can imagine, and you made a troop carrier with a paint job. <laughs> yeah, but it looks awesome. Yeah. It's, fu- it's a sweet couch. <laughs> uh, I like the little call out. Um, you had uh, Beckett stand there at the table trying to be a good girl, and she's just like, you know, come to Starfleet, get your Starfleet. We got we got new worlds; they're strange, and they need seeking out. <laughs> the archaeologist sitting there next to him, just pissing them off the whole entire time. And there's the little thing at the end too, where mm-hmm. Beckett has the uh, doesn't delete the contact information for the mm-hmm. archaeologist. Oh, Keep that door open. You're just going to stick your foot in it real fast. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how they... And see, that's the little bitty things that tie into the show that give you a little bit of a story arc to roll through as you're as you're going through. Otherwise, just kind of just funny weekly episodes of what's going on with these guys. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. Your... I cannot wait to see them live action. Who's your favorite character on the show? Uh, Boiler. <laughs> always makes me I mean they all all always make me laugh but probably Boimler I mean that's low hanging fruit but yeah Sarah oh I like Dr. Katana mm. she, she but then again it's like I'm starting to like Tendi a lot more because like, it's because yeah. it's like she's so like sweet and innocent but yeah she's got a little bit of backbone there I mean she's yeah. she's fought for a lot of stuff it's she's coming into her own yeah, absolutely. Yep. But I mean, I, I I love them all. I mean, everybody just has their own. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's just hilarious. But it's just seeing the interaction between Beckett and Ransom now. It's like they're they're kind of like this. Yep. I mean, it's it's still they're still back and forth at each other. But I think there's like some level of respect. It's like especially with Boimler after this episode. It's like. Yeah, well, we're going to have to throw you in the brick. Oh, I'm never in the brick. But, dude, you're going to have to tell me your stories afterwards because that yeah. was so awesome. <laughs> so he earned like, so much street cred. Yep. Is the brig just like a force field in front of that room that he can't come out of and everybody yeah. can just sit on the outside of that room and talk with him? So it's, it's just like, like, it's like a little room. inset. Like a little you inset watch alcove. Into Darkness? You watch the, uh, the new conflict? Yeah. I guess. In, I guess I just ship. don't remember that part. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Alcohol, I, it just has like it, it seems silly thing. for me that it, like it's almost like you're just like punished to your room, but everybody can sit outside and talk to you. Like it's just no big deal. It's not really. Even oh yeah, you got three walls and one force field window. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, besides Bold Boiler, I mean, I, I I'll stick with Shacks. I, I everything that comes out of that dude's mouth is hilarious. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I know he's either the badass one minute or it's like oh, I gotta be all touchy feely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The only other thing was, uh, oh, the, when I texted you guys and told you that that Ready Room episode had that little talk with Tawny Newsom about the actual uh, process of doing the crossover episode that's going to be coming at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening to her talk about it. I was like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I want to see how weird this is going to get. So it makes makes you wonder how far into comedy they're going to lead. Um. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's going to be twofold. So you know, on like the Strange New Worlds episode, they're going to be funny compared to like the rest of the crew. But seriously, they're probably not going to branch too far out. Uh, on the 
Lower Decks episode, I imagine that all the Strange New World characters that come into the animation world will just have the time of their life. Yeah, so, be hilarious. That makes sense. So I don't, Read I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's totally awesome that they're doing it. And she said that she can't believe that even the idea got passed and approved. So it's a great idea though. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see the characters like from, especially like Pike or Spock or like Pike. I wonder how tall his hair is going to be. Johnny Bravo. I hope it's, yeah. Yeah. It's It's just stupid. Johnny Bravo is absolutely. It's gotta be. I mean, it's got, they have and got dude, there to might be an episode that. about it in like one of the, the episodes or at some point they may talk about that. No. So because on lower decks, that would give you opportunity to like that type subject matter. You can talk about that. I wanted to go full on silly with that episode too. Like teen yeah. Titans go silly. You know, <laughs> I wanted to be like three episode funny, like yeah. carry it over. Just keep it going. Sorry. If my dogs know. are fighting in the background. Y'all can hear that, but well, was there anything else about this one you want to bring up? It's hard to kind of go through the, the you know these episodes. Like I said, they're short little twenty-five minute mm-hmm. cartoons. They're funny. I can't wait for this crossover. See these live action characters and see the live action characters as animated. It's going to be hilarious. Great idea. Anything in particular you want to bring up about this one that we haven't yet? I think that's about it. I mean, like I said, it was kind of this one was kind of short. If if you're not watching it, and you like Star Trek, you're missing out. Even if you don't like Star Trek, you're missing out. I agree. Even if you don't like Star Trek, you can watch this show and have a good time. Because even without, like, I don't see all the Easter eggs and all the little things that y'all might see. I do see some. But even without that, the show's fun. Like, it's just written really well. Good on-time jokes that are funny. So. Yep. All right, well, let's move on. Let's, uh, Cody, you want to do some House of the Dragon? Or are you still on watching Rings of Power? You, you uh, muted. muted. <laughs> yeah that would help if i wasn't uh wasn't muted um i'm down to do whatever y'all want to do i mean uh yeah i need to get better at making sure i watch this before i uh do the show with y'all but if y'all want to talk bring the power we can i can't like i said i didn't care about spoilers last week i still watched it enjoyed the episode so we can do that if y'all want how far it's however y'all want to do it uh, i'm like i'm over halfway Okay. Well, I definitely don't want to talk but, about. Uh, it's fine. Don't do it. If, whatever okay. you want to talk about, it's fine. Well, let's do it since it's fresh in your mind. Let's just talk. Yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Do you want to pause it and then after we get done, you can com- get to completion with the uh, with the rings power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah um, no, okay, because I know you want to talk about some some uh, House of the Dragon. Oh, he wants to talk about his boy Damon. <laughs> oh, we definitely want to talk, about, talk that. about so many freaking things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh. Let's get to it. Let's do Rings of Power, not Rings of Power out then, because I know uh, House of the Dragon is going to be the bulk of it. Um, loving the show. Haven't seen anything about it so far that I didn't like. You get the interesting story with uh, the Mithril in this this episode. Um, I didn't realize how important this stuff was. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this in the future, but I feel like we're still being lied to by the Elven King. Yeah, he's shady. There's there's a lot going on there. This dude is not like letting, and and then the fact that he's trying to, I guess, guilt Elrond into. I'm like, dude, you mm, you just have this level here. I'm like, I don't. Is the darkness already in you? I mean, what's going on here? Well, here's the thing about this. This is one thing that I didn't like. Is is when you're asking somebody a question, and the question is yes or no. The answer is yes or no. 
and their response is not no, mm -hmm. then it has to be yes. So what's the point in, in, in driving the question home anymore? Like, like if somebody asked me something, the only answer is yes or no. And I'm just like, well, I promised I wouldn't tell. That's the automatic yes, right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously. Exactly. I was it, thinking the same thing. <laughs> Otherwise, you would just say no, or you would just say I don't know. Which, yeah. in my mind, I was just like, why don't you just say I don't know? You know. But I don't know. That was don't, one part that I was looking at, and I was like, ah, I'm trying like to bring that. logic in. He's not a very good liar, you know. Um, but I mean, I guess he does keep his word, you know. So. Aaron played young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, oh, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. But that dwarf so, was killing me, though. I love that dude. Every time he's Durin. in, he's, Durin. Yeah, he's still to see because he's like, what did you say? Yeah. Is it <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, you are like so just living this right On now. top of the table thing after. Yes. I mean, like, it was already on top of what he did. But. <laughs> I love his Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah, huh? he's yeah. You got the Scots there, then you have the Harfords oh, yeah. that are what Irish. Bloody brilliant! Bloody brilliant! <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get my beard on his level though, for real. <laughs> like I want to step on my beard. <laughs> so are we just beard. like kind of jumping around here? Like yeah, um, yeah, no particular order. Okay. Just yeah. Actually, let's start at the beginning. What was with the witch and the warrior and the maiden thing, like? Yeah, that was like that was one of those things where I was like, "Am I supposed to know who they are? Am I supposed yeah, to know this?" I mean, <laughs> she looked. Uh, man, there's a there's a horror movie, not really a horror, but like a thriller movie, and it remind me of a character from that. And I'm like, this does not fit in this world. Like whatever I'm seeing right now is like very uh, just out of place at the moment. Until like I get comfortable with it, and they did not bring the character back in this episode to actually let me get comfortable with it. So there was a lot of weird, like um, the way characters were placed in this, in this episode, hell throughout the whole thing. It's like, you know, you just see like flashes or, you know, it's just like you're here. And then it's like, mm, am I supposed to know this? Are we going to come back to this? I mean, it's yeah. I've got to pay attention. <laughs> I mean, Cause like no one forecasted their moves. Like no one's like, you know, I'm going to go here and then, you know, two scenes later, they're over there. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I have to go back and start this episode over again while we're talking about because I don't know what you're talking about. The witch and the warrior. It was the very, the very beginning because when you have the the unknown guy that's with the hairfoot, the stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the stranger, and he had this. Was it was it after that he did the the Hulk pound? Oh, yeah, I do yeah. remember seeing because it was like a flashback right. to where they found him when he was like in that fire pit. And then they, these three went to that spot and they were like, yeah, or it was, yeah, there was, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. <laughs> so like, so, do we know who, like, J-Subs put Gandalf, but then again, like, Tim Tizzy was like, no, that's not him. That's a different age. Yeah. So, I don't think Gandalf comes to the third age, so... I'll tell you this. Out of, out of every character on the show... He's the one that intrigues me the most. Just because the air of the mystery around him. Mm -hmm. Now these people are following him. And like, they seem to have charted somehow via the stars, like where the dude landed. Like, and they're, they're clearly looking for him. He clearly holds some type of great importance in the show. 
and then it's like he doesn't even know what's going on. Like yeah, he's so sitting he's there still with, learning. It's like he's still yeah. learning. And that part, he's sitting there with his hand in the water, and the little girl, I'm so bad with names, but she comes up and she like grabs onto his arm and it turns her hand into ice. Yeah. And then it like blows her back and everything. And you can kind of tell that he didn't really mean to do it. And he's like, oh shit, now she's scared of me. But um, I just find like in every character of the show, the one that I'm wanting more from is actually that storyline and the Harfoots and like kind of what's going on with them because they seem so secondary to the story on its surface. But you know, it's, it's not going to be that way. Well, that's so funny you say that because that is the story that I'm like the absolute least concerned with. Like really? I, I could okay. just, I could just care. And it's why I didn't like the Hobbit series. I think like I, I could just care <laughs> less or couldn't care less uh, about, about that story. And I right, get it's, it's, a, it's a part of Hobbits, it. But more so like him, like I'm interested in him. Like he, okay. he very clearly is going to have an important role to play. But it's like you don't know in which way. Like you don't know if he's good or bad. Like it seems as though the people following him are bad and have some bad intentions. Like kind of from the way that they look, they yeah. just presented themselves very ominously. But like I don't know. Maybe his memory was wiped, and you know maybe he was doing something terrible beforehand. But he just doesn't know. Like maybe I'm kind of my theory is that those are his followers, and something happened to like wipe his memory, and now they're trying to get back to him. I don't know right. if that's true. That's just my little assessment of the thing. But yeah, I I'm mean not you're not sure. far off from everything that I've pieced together so far on this show, um, especially with the introduction of you know now the decay of the elves and how all of this is going to play in. You know, it seems like the time of elven power and reign is slowly dwindling down with this decaying factor that they're introducing. And so if the whole sign of that is brought on by the stranger who is going to be bad, then, you know, it's, it's funny that they would choose the Harfoots to be like the vessel to, to tell that story of the stranger because he, he doesn't know who he is yet and he's trying to figure it out. And so he's with the most simple, easygoing, little bunch of people that you could come across in the show. So, you know, you, I, I can only imagine that that's going to have like a drastic, like, you know, Oh shit moment. Once, you know, you figure out who he is and then you're like, he's been rolling around with these, you know, extremely non-powerful beings and he has all of this power. So it's all, it definitely feels like this is a great episode five. I think yeah. it's a great episode five because I think it's, it's starting to definitely, I felt evolution without them forcing it on the story. You know, we get we get to see the boats in Numenor and, and Galadriel and uh, uh, Elendil and Isildur and like all those people ramping up for their little campaign that they're going to do. But the real story was in the background of the Mithril, the decay of the, the elves and now seeing you know, the, the, the stranger actually learning, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he's, he's not just, you know, completely dumbstruck at the moment. So, right. Right. I don't know how much I believe this story of the decay of the elves, to be truly honest with you. 
I don't trust the Elven King just based on what oh. I've seen, the way the character looks, but I think he's made to look like you're not supposed to trust him, so I don't know if it's throwing me off. He may just be wiser than me. Um, but I don't trust this story because no nobody has mentioned anything about this before. Like, There's no way no other elf knew about them decaying. I think this has to this has something to do with getting the, the power to make the rings. Like it's all there is to it. Like for me, especially when they mention that there's the light and the dark down there, so you can make both rings with this. I mean, like it's it it all seems like it's making sense in that manner to me. So I feel like we're seeing a little bit of a lie from the Elven King here, and I don't know. We're gonna find out what happens because I hate that Elrond even like tells me he's like I deceived you. And he's like, I didn't know I was doing it. Or like, I lied to you. So I didn't know that I was, but I did. And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> but like, don't say you lied to him then. Let him know you were tricked into, into, into doing this. Like, you didn't lie to him. Like, it's just, I didn't like the wording of that. By two um, people. Not yeah. just the king, but that other dude, uh, Celembrador or Celembrabol or whatever. His friend, yeah. Yeah. One of the I mean, like, that whole entire thing is just, you know, at some point you got to be like, all right. Y'all, y'all can fool me once, but <laughs> shit, twice now. Um, I say a story that I'm really interested in is the elf what is, and and Andreer and Andron and oh, Aaron Deer. Aaron Deer, that's his name. I think. Or Aaron Deer. That that sounds right. Um, I'm interested in this story because now he has the hilt, and I'm not yeah. sure is this Sauron's hilt for his sword. And this is almost what's this is what's calling them, almost like the ring does in in the previous movie. So there's a part of Sauron in this sword, right? Mm-hmm. And we do get to see this storyline with the old man who's been infected by it as well. We don't ever see what happened, but what do y'all think happened there? Because they cut away. We never see the old man again. Oh, Walter, sure that's what you're talking to. about? The, uh, yeah. the, bar, the bar guy or the meat, the meat cleaver dude from the town? Yeah. I would assume that he's used to cutting meat, so I think that little poor boy's down for the count. Mm-hmm. Pledging his. I want to know more about that guy. The, I guess the the, the orcs call him a father. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Adar, Adar, however you say it. Because that dude is. I'm like, what? What? Dude, the what moment when they're standing out in the sun, he's like, I can feel this. You know, it's like, it's like a, you know, he's like the one vampire who can who can stand out in the sun, and the rest of them are just all, <laughs> with. Homeboy's arm just sitting there frying. He's just like, how does it feel? And then he's just, he's talking about, I'm going to miss it. You know, darkness is coming. I'm going to miss it. And he's just sitting there frying like bacon on a pan. Loyalty, man. That's what that is. Straight up loyalty. Uh, How many rings were given to the elves in the opening of the Lord of the Rings? I don't remember, to be truly honest with you. I should, but I don't remember. My specialty. Sorry. Yeah, I I want to say... Three, I would say more than Tom Brady, less than the whole entire NFL. (laughs) There you go. Covers a wide span there. Well, what else? I have a kind of a different kind of question. To this point in the show, through five episodes, and I'll say this: episode four and five were my favorite of the bunch. Like I think these episodes that kind of were okay. Now I'm 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 more interested now than I was before, right? But right. to this point, who's everyone's favorite character and who's their least favorite character? Because this show has a lot of different characters and like a lot of different storylines for you to be able to grasp onto. 
So who would you say your favorite and your least favorite is at this moment? Like, who are you wanting to see more from? And is there any character that, like, causes you to roll your eyes when I'm on the screen? I'm going to let y'all take that, and I'm going to go stop my dog from barking. Come back and answer that. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, I'll be the first one to say. <laughs> Galadriel, every time she walks in with her... Just this yeah, shirt. I'm like, lady, you you stop, stop, yes. stop it, stop it. Yes, ditto. ditto. I mean, it's but like everything know. is so like just severe and stark, and we have to do it right now. And I swear, if I heard She's the word seen fight it one more time, yeah. And I, I yeah, also I, feel like every time Galadriel is on screen, the 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 direct purpose is to show everyone how badass she is. Mm-hmm. Like at every moment. She's the most badass. She can kick your ass. She will, you know, march forward in the face of danger and everything. Like when she leaves her jail cell and there's all those guards and she just messes them all up and locks them in the cell and then goes to find the queen or whatever. You know, I, I kind of, those are the moments that kind of made me like, ah, okay. But, um, you know. But that fight scene in this episode, which I don't know if you made it to the fight scene yet, Cody. So, but what the. The one when they're where uh probably the one you're talking about. The one where she's like training the yeah. whoever the, wins gets yeah. to become lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean yeah. so uh, I I equate her out to be like a kind of like a I guess you'd have like oldest child syndrome to where you feel like you have to be in charge of everything. Cause she's been around for years on end yeah. and she's seen all of this shit happen and she has all the experience. And right. luckily for her, you know, she is badass with like yeah. fighting and surviving. So it, that part does get annoying. Cause you're like, stop being serious for five damn seconds. Like yeah. calm well, down. And also, you know, you've got all these humans or the men are like, oh, damn elves. We're not following them. I'm like, well, mm. this is the reason why. I mean, you're kind of giving yeah. them the reason why. <laughs> True, but you're also not putting people like uh, Elrond out there to actually talk to men, you know, whereas that's, you know, that's the true, other side it, of the coin. So Yeah, but this situation, she is actually the, you know, the one that, yeah. you know, yeah. So. The face. Right. Yeah. The face behind the ears. Yeah. Well, we're uh, still going through favorites. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Was that your least favorite, Sarah? Who's that? I mean, it's just, I, don't, I wouldn't say least favorite. Galadriel. I think probably just the more like... Mm. Ease up. It's like yeah, I'm always on edge when when she comes to a scene. I'm just like, it's about to, you know, <laughs> and, and like yeah. I said, totally different from Elrond because he's like so chill. Even in like tense situations, he still finds a way of like easing it out to where it's not like fight, fight, fight. But I mean, yeah. he's not a soldier. Yeah. So you also I mean, forget to Ross's point. You forget that they're hundreds of years old or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. that they've been through so much uh, because they look so young. And I did think that was a nice touch. I, it was like, this isn't even this episode. It was a few episodes ago. They're like, hey, you're, the workforce that you're competing with, if it's going to be elves, they don't get tired. They don't age. They don't need to eat. All this <laughs> other crap is like, ah, uh, hey, dude. It's like they're being automated out of a job, you know? Um, and they'll bang your great, 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 great grandmother and not even yeah, tell you about yeah, it until right. years later. The same right. token as well, sitting at the table, you know, the king, he was making, you know, saying this and Elrond st- stepped up and yep. said, okay, what you might think was a second, that could have been a lifetime yeah, for someone, yeah, for yeah. another race. So mm-hmm. let's be a little more, you know, he's kind of like, let's let's kind of think beyond ourselves. For just a moment. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, well, uh, who was your, who's your favorite, Sarah? I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's, I've got quite a few that a few storylines I'd like to, you know, follow. I mean, I like Elron, I, I mean, because that's, I'm interested to see how he's, because right now I feel like he's a pawn. So I'm like, when are you going to step up and just kind of, you know, handles whatnot? The stranger, that's another one. I want to kind of know what's going on with him. And then, of course, in the, the orc dude, I'm like, what's, you know, yeah. I, I want to know what, why are you so important? That's what I want to know. Why yeah. are you so important? Okay. I would, um, I, I, I'm going to try and get the names. I think it's Isildur. The, yeah. the 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 young guy who ends up getting mm-hmm. his buddies kicked off the boat. Mm-hmm. I I like him, and I feel like I, I'm I'm liking um how they're trying to build this redemption arc for him. You know, like he's he's kind of like a fuck up, for lack of a better <laughs> word. Like like he's he he uh he's a good intention. He's well meaning, but it, trouble just kind of seems to follow him. Um, do, do you know his importance in the story? Of Lord of the Rings, I know the name, but no, I, I do not. It's, it's been such a he, he's the one who cuts the finger off Sauron in, in, the, in the actual battle. And takes oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, dude. It's been so long since I've seen Lord of the Rings, I, I might need to check those out again just because it's been so long. Always a good but, rewatch, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But who are you saying? I'm sorry, you, you said that he's one of your favorites. Yeah, like this is one of the ones I'm like most excited to see where they take his story. You know, like I, he's the character that I feel like, you know, you're always trying to find someone to identify with a little bit. Like if I was living in this world, I feel like I could do something just do. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Going against um, the brain a little bit. What about least favorite? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and I think me and Sarah kind of agree. Mine, mine as of right now is Galadriel, just because as a character she seems so much like a trope. Like, like I was just telling them, every time she's on the screen, it's like the directors have a, a direct intent to always be letting you know how badass she is. Like, hey, you know she can kick ass, right? Let me show you how. And it, it, it kind of feels like there's almost a little too much of that, but. It's not terrible, but she's just my probably my my least favorite. And then the stranger, just because he's there's so much mystery surrounding him. Like the orc dude, I know that he's bad. I don't know why he's bad or how he's. Like, I don't know everything about him, but I kind of know what the deal with him is. Whereas the stranger, he could be any number of things. Like he could be some legendary ancient power for good, or some, you know amnesic leader of some death cult so as far as i know you know yeah. it's like he runs the gamut of possibilities so yeah i'm interested in, in that one too okay i think me and ross will probably have one of the favorite ones be the same i've got an idea what do you think I, ross i like three characters and they're all mm-hmm. three different ones mm-hmm. duran yep there you go who who can't <laughs> like duran yeah I mean, exactly just <laughs> Just the way that he comes off pissed off is so great. And I I love the like I liked the dwarves in the Lord of the Rings series, but they definitely carried a, a crutch, you know. They were they had a chip on their shoulder and much of that I can respect. 
Um, I like I like Nori because she's just a fun little Harfoot running around doing stupid shit like a kid. I like a you know it's the innocence I guess I like about that. Um, and then the the one that I didn't think that I was gonna like, which I'm really liking more of, and not just because of the end scene, but is Halbrand or Halbrand, Hal Halbrand, however you want to say his name, the, mm-hmm. the would be king. Um, mainly because he's got a chip, he's figuring his stuff out slowly. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like a good redemption story, and if he comes back to the, you know redeem man a little bit, I think it'd be interesting. So. I'm right there with you with Durin. That's one of my favorite characters. Uh, I like Elrond. I think the character, they, the guy that got to play yeah. this part is perfect. And I love the back and forth between those two. It's just mm-hmm. very much like Legolas and Nimli. And I think that's what they're trying to represent. <laughs> or Gimli, and that's what they're trying to represent there. Um, and I guess if I had to pick a third that I... Re- See, this is where I kind of differ a little bit. I like uh, Galandriel. I, I like this this storyline. But I love... I love the tie, and it's it's more nostalgic for me. I love the whole tie and background. Yeah, so that's true. It's a little different with that for me. And where I differ is I don't like uh, Adar, the character, the elf. It reminds me of like Malakith or Malakath, whatever from from uh, yeah. the, uh, the um, second Thor movie, Dark World, and the Dark World and uh, Spock mixed together. And he's <laughs> he's a very one note character. Like, maybe I just haven't seen enough of them yet. And that could be the thing. But so far for me, it's one of those ones where I'm just like, ah. I mean, it did kind of interest me how pissed off he got when he, that guy thought that he was Sauron. You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, how. Just because I wear this glove? Does that mean that I am yeah. Sauron? <laughs> it makes me wonder why he got pissed off about that. But uh, but for me, that character, she's just too one note. Uh, but maybe I haven't seen enough of him yet. You know, it's a new character for me. But that's what's so cool about this, 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 um, this is because there's so many different characters and you know, it's, it's not the fact that you don't really don't like any of them. It's just, there's so much going on and everybody, each one has, like I said, there's just so much going on. There's so many stories, but it's working. It's not, it, neither one's taking away from the other. Nothing's really like overwhelming, but eventually, you know, it's all going to tie in together. Yeah. And then it's, you can just, you can just see that weaving in process. Oh, very Lord of the Rings style. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'll tell you who I hate. And that's that damn High King. They can weave his ass out of those oh stories. My what God. They can do. The what? That dude can, he can die choking on a hard elf ear. I don't know. Like, I hate him. I don't like him. Which one? The High King. Oh, the yeah. King. He is. He's yeah. super shady. He's, he is super shady. <laughs> I don't know why. Just like, you know, you, you guys are bringing it up right off the bat and you said it too. I mean, like, the whole point is that I'm probably not supposed to like him because of his face. Uh, and I didn't the first time I saw it, so I'm sticking with that thought. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Queen of uh, Numenor or mm-hmm. Numenor at first, but as her story progressed and I learned a little more about her, I'm liking the character a lot more. Um, so yeah, that, that character works for me now. Maybe it's because she turned to the side that I wanted to be on that I eventually knew she would go to anyway. Um, but yeah, that but also can you explain to me that kind of what's happening whenever she's having the visions of the tree and the petals are flying. And then the waves come crashing in. Like, is she having like a Targaryen esque, like, prophetic vision yes. right there? Yes. Similar to that, yes. Okay. Yeah. The tree is a gigantic uh, thing. So when the leaves fall off the tree, even they mentioned it in that later on in that episode. Yeah. And it was like the, the tears falling from, I can't remember what they said explicitly right now, but uh, 
her seeing that vision of the water crushing and then didn't uh, Galadriel see it also whenever she touched the when scene? When she touched the scene stone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, So all of that was kind of telling, you know, foretelling a like a Targaryen-style vision, mm-hmm. but at the same yeah. time, whenever it was coming possible, like they were, then they were down the path of it being an actual possibility, that's when the queen was trying to oust Galadriel from Numenor. Right. And so that's when... She flipped at the very end and was like, "We're all gonna go to Middle Earth and go have a party now." You know, <laughs> yeah. rave downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Isildur's uh, stowaway mission. So he he he's getting there regardless. And I thought they were gonna do the stowaway thing. I was like, "Oh, it's kind of crazy." And they give him a whole different story. Arc. Do you think that there's gonna be something between him and this guy now? Because now they both have a secret for each other that who's gonna tell first type deal? Because they could have he could have ratted him out there at the end. Um, is it Fer- Ferrazon? Is that the dad's name? the 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 main, the pimp character that's walking around Numenor. That's the one guy I really don't like either. That guy I couldn't yeah, remember his yeah. name, but I don't like that yeah, guy. Yeah, is that the guy with the beard and the salt yeah. and pepper hair? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He when he tells you know, fish, he's he? definitely mob boss because when he tells people to get out of the room, they get out of the room. Yeah, he didn't. Um, he just looked at him, dude. He didn't say yeah. a word. He just even how he's, about the I'm one around the boss. corner? He just looked yeah. and did, I'm like, okay, that's. Okay, that's top tier right there. Power. <laughs> yep. Kingpinish. But the fact that um you know his son is trying to, you know, uh I guess force his hand really is kind what he's usurp, doing. Almost. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's like you know you spent your whole life trying to tell me one thing and now you're trying to to play a game. Mm-hmm. And you think that playing this game is going to get us farther ahead whereas he tells his son like you're stupid because you don't have foresight and you need vision in this world to carry on. And that goes right over the kid's head. Cause all he wants to do is just, you know, <laughs> set the world on fire. <laughs> um, Which is crazy. That he, he was going to do that. Why would this oh, have that much oil on it? Uh, that, was, that was booze, man. That's the thing about, ah, the that you, makes know, you think about how yeah, fast all these people get drunk. Water. and Can't All run. that stuff is <laughs> foolproof. That makes sense. Okay. It's all coming together now. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, it, that, that little twist is going to be fun because that's going to be definitely like a backstabbing moment. You know, someone's going to cross somebody and I don't know if there's going to be an agreement between Isildur and for life me, I can't remember the kid's name, but did he go on the trip to Middle Earth? That, that kid? I don't think he did, did he? I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it can't, something can't come to play with it in the future. Or maybe nothing. We're just digging in too deep. I do like that Isildur's finally on the ship, and it's, uh, he's, what, scrubbing the uh, the stables? He's got to yeah. clean the stables now. Pretty funny. Excellent. I do like, he's Excellent. like, you can, you can have a shot. What's it going to take? You can have a shot, jaw or gut, and he gives him one of, one of each. <laughs> Pretty good. You can have one shot. Three. All right, two. Boom, boom. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm, know. The, the table part with Dern was the best part, of, I thought, in this episode. I thought it was absolutely yeah. hilarious how he talked him out of it. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was dead serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, he sold it perfectly. I thought that mm-hmm. the whole little moment was just funny. Maybe because I thought that table was pretty badass. And, that, you know, you see everyone with all these fantastic woodworking tables. That, then you got one that's made out of solid stone. And he's just like, you know, to, to my ancestors. This <laughs> yeah. is... Oh, and like he should have just gotten an Emmy. Like it would have been just 
There you go. There's your moment. And then right. he just totally has to dig right. a little deeper. He has to dig a little deeper when the elves are taking it and then they about fall. He's like, oh, it's not that heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, he's definitely the comic relief of this show or this series. Uh, but I, I guess I relate with dwarves more than anything. I like to hit things short tempered, short. Do you pull stuff out of your beard too? Huh? <laughs> Do I pull what? I pull all kinds of stuff out of my beard, dude. <laughs> all kinds of stuff, I'm telling you. The worst is like when an ant gets in there, it's horrible. You know, yeah. when it was longer, like I had it down to like my middle of my chest, like last year or two years ago, like I, I pulled a spider out of it and that was what made me shave it. And I was like, yeah, it's time to, I don't know how long spiders been there, but don't I don't have that problem, here, so. unfortunately. My soul would leave my body. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine he had just gotten in there and I noticed that he's just gotten in there. I don't imagine he was burrowed in there, but either way, it just was not sit, pleasant. Oh, just <laughs> I mean, hey, Better spray just, and a lighter, man. Just this torch it all off. <laughs> this one's going until the Panthers win the Super Bowl. So, oh, dude, you will be tripping oh, on that one. Oh, dude, you'll be like, dude, dude, your beard will make the arms look. You're gonna be ridiculous. pulling beard hair out of your belly, but that's what this? you're gonna be doing. This one's going until the Panthers win six games in one season. Mm, I still gonna get long. I may still be. Well, what else, y'all? Anything else y'all want to bring up about uh, Rings of Power? I mean, it's fantastic show, and they're getting longer and longer. This was like an hour and nineteen minutes. Yeah, that's just that one good. thing I'll give them. Like every episode is over an hour. It mm-hmm. seems like so. If you're loving this show, you know every time you get a new episode, it's. But a it beautiful. didn't feel that long. This episode didn't feel that long. It's because it's not filler content. It's all like interesting and important. But I yeah, will say, really the very final scene, final scene. I was like, I want to go too. I want to go. Come on, let's go. Let's. Give me on that boat. I'm ready to go. <laughs> because it was like, woohoo. Yeah. Especially with all those damn costumes. <laughs> but I mean, it's still, it's gorgeous. I mean, all the, the scenery, everything. I mean, it's even the yucky part, you know, when they're with the Harfoots are like trudging through. I'm like, you really going to pull that little wagon through all that swamp shit? Okay, whatever. But I mean, it was just still, I mean, it's just tremendous the the imagery that, that these shows. Yeah. But I mean, I don't expect any less. <laughs> right. But they spent a billion dollars on it, so they better. There is, and I'll agree with you, everything so far has looked spectacular. There is one scene, I beg y'all to go back and watch this scene again and see if you don't agree. Maybe you didn't notice it the first time, where the background and everything just looks so fake. It looks like a PBS special. It's the scene where Durin and, and Elrond are talking together, and he's like, uh, the future of the, el- the entire elven race is in your hands. And they're yeah. sitting on that rock, just mm-hmm. take a moment and focus on like the background and the leaves. It looks like those fake paper leaves that you get at like the, the craft stores or the Dollar General, you know. And like <laughs> I'm looking at it, I'm like, that looks really bad. Maybe for they, this could, show. they had to save it. For, they had to save, you know. We'll cut it right here and hope nobody yeah, well, notices. This right here is not as grand. We'll, yeah. we, can, we can get inside. <laughs> It'll be I don't know why. Just for some reason, that specific scene, it stood out to me. And I was like, man, it looks fake. It looks so fake. Everything else looks so good. But this looks so fake. But they spent all their money on Galadriel fight scenes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she was right. That woman, that woman, sexy with a sword. I mean, that that was like art. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's just definitely gorgeous too, man. She's, she's, and how she's do you fight crazy. with all that hair? I just, I don't get it. I don't, yeah, get I don't know. It. I mean, I've had long hair before. Mm-mm, no, I no. No, it'd be everywhere. <laughs> well, all superhero females, except for 
Captain Marvel have long hair now, don't they? Just about. There's some of them I can't, I couldn't. Look, I haven't had to deal with hair in years, so I couldn't tell you to do anything with hair. But, <laughs> I have no idea. And this is brought to you by Keeps. <laughs> I don't understand. I wish I could take some of this ability to grow this beautiful, beautiful beard here and just put it back on my head. It'd be great. I would look like everything's migrated down. Shape. Yeah. Migrated. <laughs> yep. Anything else? Rings of power. I am gonna say something that's just gonna be controversial with the you know the people who do watch uh, both of these shows. I was giving it a while before I was really fully on board with it, and I think that House of Dragons to me is more interesting of the show at the moment. Mm. And I was only gonna say, I think where I'm really pulling that from is all of the history with game of thrones it not being that long ago and there's just something about the way that they're able to create drama mm-hmm. and as much as i like and know where the story of rings of power is going i don't get the same vibe I um they're both great and they both piss me off to no end learning all the characters names <laughs> i i can't tell you how much joy i find in that moment that I have before I have to recall their names because I don't think about it. I don't think about it. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, now I have to remember 11,000 people's names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just so, normal us nowadays names, like totally different names than we would. Oh no. People. Yeah. Like double consonants some weird shit. I don't even know. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, I am enjoying rings of power, but house of the dragon is it's, there's only one thing that I have a problem with on House of the Dragon. Ooh, and it's not a massive one. It's the time okay. jumps. I don't mind the time jumps. I just wish that they found a way to tell us in a much better way than they are. Because something that Game of Thrones didn't have until it reached um, like season six were the massive time jumps. Right. Yeah. And season six changed everything in Game of Thrones with that feeling of not keeping the same pace as the previous five seasons in something like rings of power. I don't have a problem with it because I can kind of get on board and I can pick up on their little, their little remarks and house of dragons trying to do it also, you know, to where they mentioned, you know, Aegon on a second name day, you know, so it's, you know, at least two years and nine months later than, yeah. you know, the previous episode, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you're also just, why wouldn't you make a bigger point to try to tell that? And I know the next episode is going to spring forward yep. even more. Yeah. Uh, but, is this where they change actors? Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes. Yes. So. Well, let's hop uh, into it. Let's, let's do House of the Dragon. So go ahead, Cody. Get him. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, if anything, I agree with Ross. Uh, but uh, some context behind it, though. I, I believe I said this on the last show. I don't remember. You have to look at this entire season one as a prologue because that that is really what what it is like once you read the story the the main chunk of the story we haven't even gotten to yet so i i can't confirm this but i do imagine that um probably around season two they're gonna do away with the time jumps because they won't need them anymore like they have so much that they have to present to you first to understand the buildup of what leads to this thing that's going to happen. And so much happens at different points 
in their lives. So, like, as we've all seen, a lot of important things happen to Rhaenyra when she's younger. A lot of things happen when she's older as well. So you kind of have to balance that line of, of, you know, how do you tell that? And I think they've done, done a good job, all things considering. Um, the, this next time jump is going to be 10 years. So you're going to be introduced to a bunch of brand new characters, um, some brand new sons, daughters. It's 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 getting ready ready to to go off. Um, and my final the name point now is about to grow. <laughs> so my my final point. Then I want to hear y'all talk about it more. Um, if you notice this episode, so this is my favorite episode of the season. Everything about it, dude, I freaking love. I love the a- Allison and, and her trajectory because in this episode, Allison changed forever. Like, Allison went from being a little girl who was kind of, you know, uh, her father wanted her to go and be with the king. And she's kind of done what she's told. But after that moment where Otto Hightower hugs her and says, listen, you better make your son the king or she's going to put your children to the sword and feel in her performance that she's like, oh, this is different. Like I'm I'm in some I'm in the middle of something that I didn't know how big the stakes were. And it finally dawns on her. And the trans the transformation that happens to her at the end of the episode, absolutely beautiful. But the point I wanted to make is that other than the very end, this episode has no fighting. There's no violence. The episode is so good just based on the character interactions and the mm-hmm. dialogue and the things that they're saying and the drama that's implied within it. I just, it's fantastic, man. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Hop in there, Sarah. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do we start? Um, first of all, I just, I just have to say, Sir Kristen folded like a lawn chair. Oh! I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? I had I to get that out because I'm just like, really, dude? She didn't even say, and you're just like, I did it. I did it. Yes, I did it. Okay. Um, but Damon, this dude, I mean, he yeah. is just love him, hate him. Start at the beginning with Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago, I asked Greg, I'm like, oh, interesting. Greg, you think he's a bad guy? And it turns out you were fucking right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like this, and I, I've seen some interesting fan theories about it, but like a lot of people are like, well, technically, he didn't, you know, he put his hand on the horse and then the horse falls backward. And that's what paralyzes her. And and so he didn't actually like push her over. He didn't like do anything. Like she kind of backed up and went for her bow. But then she falls on the ground, breaks her back. And it's kind of implied that Damon's gonna leave her there, which is fucked up in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But then she chastises him. She's like, I always knew you couldn't finish. And he's like, Oh word? Oh for real? <laughs> All right then. Let's let me yep. hold my beer moments. It's not even yep. funny. I mean, it's but like, you could, oh. <laughs> you could almost look at it as maybe she's putting her out of her misery. But I don't know. Either way, either way, either way, 
the dude bludgeoned his wife to death. And that's, yeah. pretty, that's, that's pretty freaking hardcore, dude. I'm glad they didn't show it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <clears throat> Putting her out of so, her misery. That's that's good. It, it was uh, funny because I know you'd mentioned last week, you were like, oh, next week you get to see his wife because we hadn't seen his wife. We just heard about it. You know, we hadn't yeah. seen her at all. And then, like, you see the scene, the beginning of the scene, I'm like, okay, cool. We get to see his wife. And then it was that short lived. And I was like, oh, well, there, well he's there's our. his wife. So, <laughs> he fixed that problem. Cody, so, Cody, she reminded me of um, the girl that helped get Bran to the the wall the girl yeah, with the brother yeah, yeah. that's uh, who she reminded me of i can't remember her name but when i saw her face i'm like holy crap like that looks just it, like her that's so weird yeah mirror reed mirror reed is her name hmm. and yeah, so but, i was taken aback by that number one but yeah like number two the fact that she there was nothing wrong with that woman and not only was there nothing wrong with that woman she was a badass mm-hmm. you know she's out there like hunting and just having you know is showing the men what's up pretty much is the what I got out of that just that like that little bit that they showed of her. So yeah. Damon just needs that blonde hair apparently. <laughs> well Cody, you had mentioned earlier that Allison has gone through such a change in this episode and like she's a big focus of two huge scenes in this. And like you yeah. gotta go through there's the one where she's losing her father and because she believed in what her friend says. And the thing about this is, you know, that her father wasn't lying, but you also know that her father's not a good guy. So it's like, you know, but she, she's lost her father because she knows this. And then she finds out from the new person who took her father's place. Correct. That she got the at the, the day after pill drink, (laughs) I guess. Oh, So, so uh, she, so she she found out from his son, Larry's clubfoot. Okay. Yeah, and Larry's club. And by the way, like, okay, I just, I just gotta be honest, right? Like, as someone who is disabled myself, I do love that Game of Thrones puts the disabled people in their shows, and that they'll put dwarfs in their shows, and they're not just some side character readers. Like, dude, the clubfoot. Oh, he is a main character going forward. Like, this dude is quite literally like you see him starting shit, like the way he up to her and is like, oh. I just heard Renera had some moon tea brought to her the other night. Like he's he's so obvious in the way that mm-hmm. he, that that he goes about it. But um, yeah, she uh, that's the so that guy, the new hand of the king, has two sons, and both of those guys are going to play very, very, very important roles going forward, including the okay. older one too. Like the in this episode, the uh, the when you see the dad nod at the guy and then he goes into the crowd and starts throwing dudes. Well, that's Harwin Strong, and he's supposed to be like the strongest dude in the realm. Like, he's a tank. He's just a... And he's not really a big guy from the actor's perspective, but yeah, those two guys are going to be very important going forward in, okay. in a very big way. But yeah, I mean, you almost got a feel for it at that moment. You know, when she discovers this, you know, and, and then like she never addresses it with Renea. Yeah. In in this episode. So I wonder yeah. if that's coming in the future. We're taking a ten year jump. So I don't know. Uh, do we know how many but actors this are getting is what replaced? the Game of the Thrones is all about? Yeah. The oh, yeah. It's, shit it's a, stirring. It seems like everybody has their own plans 
for what the future is going to be with the throne. Sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. It's it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. uh, Yeah, we're talking about the time jumps earlier, and there's been small time jumps so far, so it hasn't really bothered me as much, but, like, it's very similar to, like, The Witcher. Man, The Mm -hmm. Witcher threw me off so much because, one, because Henry Cavill doesn't age in that show, so which makes the time jumps even more difficult in that show. But, yeah, that was another one right there that the time jumps just blew me away. I didn't know what was happening and cody i know i'd got i've got the book of blood and fire mm-hmm. um and then i i got ice and fire too but i'm gonna do blood and fire first somebody was telling me was it you or somebody else was saying that this entire series is only like three chapters in that book yeah it's like four or five chapters in the book and yeah that's, so there's that's so it. much more to it because it's like oh, a 29 so hour book audio yeah it's a long audio book so- I, I kind of think House of the Dragon is going to be an anthology series. So okay. they're going to have this version of the show, which is going to show this part of the Targaryen dynasty. Mm-hmm. But I think they're also going to do more House of the Dragon in the future with other Targaryen kings and kind of show a lot of the stuff that happens. Because, again, there's 300 years of Targaryen rule right. in, in Westeros. So there's so much that that happens around, you know, everything and it's probably going to continue to go uh to go forward a lot so can somebody explain to me what happens at the end like it looks like damon and renera are about to kiss in the middle of the the dance floor just right there in front of everybody and then it gets blocked out and then all of a sudden this group comes in and attacks oh no group came in One man came in. One man with two wrecking balls came in. Mm. Um, so the whole entire scene. Let, let's well, let's start. Uh, let's backtrack because you got to build up to that moment. And, you know, this okay. whole, yeah. the show did a really good job of that. And okay. um, you know, you got the king traveling to uh, what is Dr- Driftmark Cor- Corlys's? What's yeah, it called? Cor- Corlys Valerian and Driftmark. That's his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, just the disrespect of that whole entire scene, it was amazing because, you know, once again, to like uh, everyone's point, Cody, especially when you're talking about, you know, the throne hurts a weak king. uh, Here's this weak king yet again being treated like he doesn't belong as king because when he didn't decide to help Corliss, the sea snake, you know, it all turned into a massive war. And now he has zero respect for the king. Now mm-hmm. the king is trying to wed Renera and his son together. His son ends up being gay and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him anyway. So like that whole marriage of circumstance works out for the two of them. Right now you get further on into the episode where, Oh, uh, where Sarah's point, you know, when Alicent was confronting, um, Kristen, that whole scene was just number one. It was really uncomfortable. Number mm-hmm. two, I mean, like, I don't know, like, I was liking Kristen this whole show up to that point. Um, I think that, I mean, it says a lot about his integrity, but at the same time, it's like, hey, man, like, you know, at some point, you might not want to die. And if you don't want to die, you should probably keep your mouth shut. Because you can, once again, back to your logic point, Greg, you can say yes and no, but at the same time, you can get around saying yes by saying 30,000 other things, even though they mean yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that pretty much takes you to, the, I mean, more or less to the throne room, right? Is there, or wherever it's, they were at the for the hall. 
yeah, because yeah, they have seven, seven days of, of tournaments and whatever else, celebrations, and then they're going to have the wedding at the end. Of the, and I'm yep. assuming it just fast forwards to that seventh day. And this is oh, no, 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 no. So what, what had happened, <laughs> what had happened was, <laughs> first off, Damon shows up, you know, looking pimp, like, mm-hmm. uh, where's my chair? Get my chair. Thank the you whole for my chair. Stops every time yeah. he walks yeah. in, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. because he's not, he's not really invited, you know, we know how yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, it's like that, that one member of your family shows up and it's like, no one likes him. Mm. Why is he here? Yeah. <laughs> um, so even after that, uh, it was waiting on the queen. So you got Viserys who's already starting to give his little opening speech. Cause he's like, I'm not going to wait on this woman forever. And then all of a sudden the woman in the show who doesn't want to be seen or heard, who wants to be quiet and meek and small decides where she's going to flip that damn coin. Mm-hmm. And now that she thinks that everyone's against her, uh, just decides to rule the room mm-hmm. to stop the King mid speech. To force everyone to stand up and be quiet. She walks in wearing the house color. That means war. Not only all of that. She gets to the very front. And then what does she say to Renera? Something like, like, hello, my stepdaughter. She calls her stepdaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like. Mm. I mean, all she just needed to like raise her hand and be like, I don't. You get a fresh one, too. Not I'm right telling now. you, you better right. sit down and calm down. <laughs> Um, with all of that stuff, the one thing that caused the fight was, uh, I don't remember, um, oh my Lord. What is it? Lenor? What is Lenor's lover's name? Uh, Jeffrey or Joffrey Lonmouth. Joffrey. All right. So he's the one that ends up going and figuring out that Kristen is the love interest of Renera. Yeah. And so when he does that, he confronts him. Kristen doesn't want to say anything. And then next thing you know, whenever, uh, was it Lenore and Renera were dancing? Was that the scene? Were they dancing uh, first and then he jumped them? Yeah, so it was about to go to Harwin Strong uh, and then uh, Damon jumps in. Yeah, I, was, and, I think Damon was the one dancing when they started Yeah, fighting. Damon yeah, okay. starts dancing with it. And then, like, I, I love how Renera shit talks Damon. Yes. Like, you ain't, yeah. hey, this is like, hey, bro, you ain't shit. Hey, you want this? You want this? Take it right now. Just yeah. do it. Marry yeah. me. Quit fucking talking about it and be about it. And and you can tell it pisses him off, but he loves it, too. Oh, yeah. It's like talking dirty to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, there's this really kind of uh, power dynamic between the two of them uh which i find fascinating i i think that's incredible also um and i've been trying to research this this does kind of uh there is a change from the books i don't remember there any there ever being anything in the books about the high tower turning green when the high towers go to war I think that's just written for the show, but I like it. I like yeah. it because it added more weight to that moment. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, so a few things to notice about that scene, uh, Allison walks in and all of her family are the first ones to stand up and honor her. Everyone that comes from House Hightower, they stand up and, and then uh, Damon, uh, so eventually everyone stands up. 
but Damon Targaryen, he does the stand up one time. He's sitting the whole time, <laughs> just sitting there like, I ain't standing for that bitch. And I was like, no, nah, I think not. Probably not. Um, He's like, I ain't standing for anything. <laughs> I ain't standing for that shit at all. Um, but yeah, Damon and Renera, they're kind of, and like, they're about to start macking on each other. And Viserys is looking at him. He's like staring dead at him, like, I know you are not going to kiss him at your freaking wedding right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's that moment. Um, and then just the chaos breaks. But at some point, too, Damon did talk to, or did, um, it was Corliss's daughter. There was an yeah. interaction between those That's, two as well. Because it was like yeah. he was talking to her, then talking to him, like, oh, dude, you're trying. I'm telling you, she got blonde hair. He's down for it. I'm, he's <laughs> single now, y'all. Seriously, he's a widower, you know? I want to spoil that in the this next episode, but this next episode is going to go a lot deeper on that, too. This next, so, based on what I know is going to happen, these next two episodes should be freaking crazy, man. Oh, it's getting crazier every episode, man. Like, every week is getting crazier and crazier. It's getting it's a great show. Well, um, yeah. to, your, so, to your argument, Greg, the whole fight started over Kristen. Kristen yeah. was the one. He lost his shit. He he completely lost it, and he went after the the love interest boyfriend. of the of Lenor. Yeah. yeah, boyfriend of the boyfriend, boy, boyfriend well, well, of the why? fiance. Why, why would he go after him? Is is my question? Because he called him out on making it a uh, a convenience situation rather than it being him being in love with Renera, it was like hey the four of us can all do this together and you can do whatever you want to with her like this whole thing works out we can all work together gotcha. we all know what's going on and then all of a he sudden he was just whore. yeah that was that, it, that yeah was like the second because first of all he was already upset because she spurned him basically because you know right. she yeah. he asked you run away she's like uh no dude i might not like it but it's still my duty i still have to do this it is what yeah. it is so that kind of brought him low too. Mm-hmm. And then to have this, and then that's why I guess he folded like a long chair when Allison, because you could tell she was she knew nothing about them. She was asking about Damon. That's what she was alluding to. And he's just mm-hmm. like, Nope, I did it. It was me. I did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did it. And then and then I guess that was the final straw where he was just like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> yeah, he, he beat that guy pretty good. I don't think he's yeah. back. Yeah, I don't think he's getting back no. up. <laughs> You think the so was kind of like a, hey, I know your secret, so you better not tell my secret. Like it was kind of like, okay, we both know this information. Right. You know, I, I'm the lover of Lenore. You're the lover of the queen. Like, which hey, made no we, sense. Yeah. Why? Why even mention it? Not to mention why mention it then. Right. Right. What? Why, why start at the, the, the first day of seven days of, you know, what could be hell or a wedding? And why not just let the whole thing play out? When you get to the backside of it, they're married and like, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's funny. You know, they're, they're a couple. They have two different rooms. No one asks questions. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Um, but the, the end of the yeah. episode was the wedding and they just rushed it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. didn't skip ahead seven days. Like that was like later on that night. That's why Homeboy oh. was still crying over the loss of his boyfriend. So okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, hey, how about this? I'll give you a rare thing that I actually uh, didn't like. 
yeah. in, in, in this episode. Um, so right after he punches the guy to death. Also, you know how much how terrible it must be to be a man to death. Like your hands like have that, to be yeah. just broken to shit by the time they're done. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the 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 fact that after, like, there has to be some repercussions for that, right? Like you're a right. knight of the king's guard, and you just lose your shit in the middle of a royal wedding and beat a man to death. And, and then it's like the next time you see him, he's in front of the weirwood tree, about to commit sepulchre. He's about to stab himself in the in the in the gut. And it's like, how would that have been able to happen? Like, do you think that at some point he would have been apprehended by someone and be like, dude, yep. what's your deal? Not not let to be, uh, you know, to go on his own way and go and kill himself out in front of this weirwood tree. I would think that at some point in time, somebody would have stopped him from beating the shit out of that guy. Because like, <laughs> yeah, at some like... point, like <laughs> I love watching somebody get knocked out. Don't get me wrong, but I don't like seeing a guy that's already knocked out get the shit beat out of him. That's yeah. no I'm well. <laughs> yeah. Then on second thought, you might not want to watch eight seasons of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's fake. It's a little different, you know. But yeah, uh, okay. but yeah um, the fact that he got man. weaponized at the end was not cool. Like I, I saw it coming. I knew it was going to happen. And just with Allison coming in and be like, you know, there's a higher purpose you could serve me. So, yeah. and I think that she took that power. Like the moment that he just blabbed and just cat out the bag. And like you could, you knew that it was going to happen the whole time because she's talking about Damon. She thinks that Rhaenyra and Damon hooked up, but he no, doesn't she, know that. She went full mom mode whenever her dad put it in her head that Rhaenyra was going to kill her kids. Yeah. I mean, that's the moment that that that, that she turned. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah. I, look, partially, rightfully so. I mean, the downside is is that even though what the dad was saying is how the world works in this world. You did. You never knew it to be true, and now you're putting, you know, the sins of the father onto the kids. So yeah. that's essentially what we come back to. Yeah, and it's like now uh, Allison is finally playing the Game of Thrones instead of just being a pawn. Now yeah. she is a a player. She is a participant, She's and her, <laughs> yeah, and she is like this whole scenario, and that's what they're trying to drive home. This whole scenario is not normal. If you are the wife of the, of the king and you have buried him a son, you're the queen and that's the heir. Mm-hmm. And there's all this running around with Rhaenyra. And then she knows that Rhaenyra is like having sex with her uncle. Then she finds out about Kristen and she's like, oh, you lied to me. Maybe it wasn't with Damon, but you said that you were innocent, that you were pure, that you didn't do anything. And then because she did that, that's what got her father sent home. So yep. she feels like she went to bat for Rhaenyra and got screwed in the end because of it. She so, did, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 1,000% she did. So I mean, he also, needed to go, let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. And Viserys did the right thing dismissing him. But the fact that um, now she has Chris and Cole under her thumb. Mm-hmm. Like, if... Okay, you're a knight of the king's guard. You swear a vow, and I think that's part of the reason he wanted to run mm-hmm. away too, because mm-hmm. this has been 
weighing heavily on him. Like mm-hmm. being a knight of the King's Guard is something that he takes very seriously. And he feels that he kind of ruined his honor by having sex with the Queen of Westeros. So, the- well, let's think about it from a point of view like you can't just you can't just stick a dragon in an overhead luggage, you know. I mean, like she <laughs> yeah. comes with baggage, and like there's yeah. no way that you can just make that disappear. Right. That's you can't just date a Targaryen and expect to disappear without it being known. Yeah. She can true. barely walk the streets of, you know, a gigantic ass city and not be known. So To be honest, he had it made because I'm gonna marry my husband, we're gonna have kids, but you're still my boo. Like it's gonna be <laughs> like it, it, it's gonna be me and you, we're gonna be screwing whenever we want to. Like he honestly could have had a great thing going, but he's yeah. He's just uh, his his uh, his uh, honor. I mean, I get it. He didn't want to be her he whore. Wanted, remember, he wanted more. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, get it. He didn't want to be her whore. Which, okay, respect that. I'd be. I would be her whore and the job of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so the next one's a ten-year jump. Do we know what actors slash actresses are going to be replaced? I know Rhaenyra's mm-hmm. replaced, right? Uh, Allison is. is Allison replaced. Uh, okay. Yes, Rhaenyra. Allison, um, oh, Lana. So this would be the third actor. Uh, this is the daughter of Corliss Valerian, the okay. one that was uh, dancing with Damon. Mm-hmm. She's going to have another actor, and she is going to become more important, too, here in the next episode, especially. Yeah. Was she the one that was brother? originally supposed to be wed to the king, but she was only 12? Yeah. Right. That's her. Yeah. That's okay. her. Okay. That's her. Um, and yeah, her brother is mm-hmm. Lanor. The mm-hmm. one that just married Rhaenyra. No, but most of the guys aren't getting replaced, right? No, I don't think any of the guys are getting replaced at all. I think it's because most of the guys were older. There's no younger guys, right? Sexism? No, uh, yeah. I mean, like, look, yeah. I, I'm all for seeing Matt Smith continue to play Damon. I mean, I think that if you bring in another Damon at this point, he just had long hair again. <laughs> you laid some great, true. Yeah, you laid some groundwork with that character. In these first few episodes, oh, and yeah. I to, to to change him over now would be you know to to ruin the masterpiece. No, I think. Matt, dude, Matt Matt Smith is like a superstar now yeah. <laughs> because of this role. It's like he's yeah. so good, like he's so now, good at like being like his asshole, he's evil, he's ruthless. But you like the guy, you don't want to like him, but you do anyway. <laughs> And which is so amazing because he was a doctor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> well, but, my question um, is, what is um, Viserys going to look like? Shit is what he's going to look like. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's already going down that path. I mean, what's, what's, I, so he, he had the nosebleed at the end of the wedding, right? Yeah, that's the point I was just yeah, about to get to say. I think now we're at a point to where we're going to get a little uh, Cersei in here. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to get is Allison turning into one mischievous queen. So I'm curious to see if she's going to increase the speed at which he is dying because it seems to be that he's already on overdrive to death row i don't know how much more the poor guy can take i mean he is a bitch so it does kind of line up with his old physically mentally i mean how many times do you see it he's just like god what now what now yeah and he's not even you know like the funny thing is i think they called him out like he's not even a, a king in the time of war you know, mm-hmm. like he chose not to partake in the war on the islands and really hasn't had to fight for anything 
beyond putting his name in the hat to be the next ruler. You know, yeah. he didn't yeah. come from a straight lineage line. He, he was a cousin or a nephew or whatever the case may be. So, all right. So I have one more question about the show that I'm all spent on as far as what I had to ask the agreement with Corley and the King. What was, so what they agreed on was when they had kids, they would have the name of the, the Corley, yeah, right? Yeah, Valer- but Valer- when they, Valerian. when he took the throne, he would change yeah. his name to be the King's name. Targaryen. Targaryen. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That was, That's that buying time is what that is. That's like, yeah. wait for the king to disappear so he can be, you know, King Valerion. So, yeah, yeah I was going to say, because, like, what, what's going to make them honor that whenever <laughs> he's gone? Like, well, all I, he was doing was buying interest. That's all he was doing. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, and, and he mentioned it in the show, too. Like, he doesn't, he's not going to wipe out the Targaryen name, you know, just because the, you know, the, the husband gives his last name and that's the, name that continues on mm-hmm. um but oh i wanted to mention this to, to you guys i don't know if you're caught it or not you know this part in the episode where the king he's chilling back and he's got the maesters talking to him he's talking to his hand of the king uh about uh like oh they're not gonna write cool songs about him because he's not a badass warrior king and stuff but did you notice while the two maesters are working on him, one of the maesters mentions an alternate form of treatment uh-huh. for whatever the king is going through, right? And says, oh, you know, we could do da 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 da. But mm-hmm. then the other guy is like, no, this is what the king needs. Mm-hmm. Dude, there's something to it. And it hasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, they're laying more and more breadcrumbs but amongst the a song of ice and fire fandom there is very much this thing called the the grand maester conspiracy and the, well, they're the ones that tell the story right they're the ones that tell the story but get this start with that aspect and then carry on yeah. they're the ones that that are, are telling the story they're the ones that write all the personal letters for all the kings and high lords uh they're the ones that uh dispense the medicine and the you know the 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 moon teas and all these other they like they handle literally everything so they can and, really be the ones that control <laughs> yeah and look at who they're always benefiting because the maesters they're trained at the citadel the citadel is an old town old town is ruled by the high towers so like yeah you're starting to see this intricate web of okay power is being consolidated towards one side and the maesters are very clearly kind of taking part in it Mm -hmm. and it's even rumored so you remember when he dismissed the hand of the king the uh when he did so he was kind of like uh hey it kind of looks like you could have been implied in the death of my father because my died under weird circumstances and then all of a sudden you became hand of the king a few years later mm-hmm. so he's like everything that the high towers do is like it's very manipulative uh and, and there's even a character in the fourth book um who mentions 
that the, the world the maesters are building has no room for magic or dragons. So hmm. there, there's like this really kind of big conspiracy going on that I've been looking for in just about every episode and to, to try and get more confirmation of it. Because nothing is confirmed, but it is heavily implied that something is going on with the maesters. I can see it. I yeah. can see it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like you said, I mean, I picked up on that, too, because it was a younger one. He said, well, let's. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense. But the, the older one, the one that yeah. gave the moon tea, he was like, no, this will work better for his majesty. We'll, right. we'll stick to this. Right. I'm thinking. Right. Mm, okay. Definitely weird. Oh, yeah. This show goes in so many different directions, man. It's such a great universe. And like I said, I can't wait to start reading these books. I meant to start doing it this week, but just time. I, I, yeah. If I do anything else, start anything else new before I do Rebels, I think Ross and Sarah are going to kick my ass. So. But I have a pretty good feeling I'm going to have a lot of downtime here in the next couple weeks. So I'm definitely going to get Rebels watched here in the next couple weeks because, yeah, I'll have time. Cool We're going to quiz you. Yeah, right, let's do it. We'll let's, even, let's even talk about it. I'll quiz y'all. <laughs> Y'all haven't watched it in years. How about that? Um, what else? Anything else on uh, House of the Dragon? Well, the one thing I will say about House of the Dragon, since you mm-hmm. you guys got me into it, thank you, appreciate it. I just love because it's 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 the mystery and the puzzle. And like you said, there's certain things you can see coming. Some things you're like, whoa, didn't see that one. But I love how some you can put two and two together because I've never I have not seen Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. so I'm coming at this like super new and this is like really especially being like a a prequel to you gotta watch game of thrones at yeah. some point i will get there but this right here has got my attention <laughs> i would definitely be interested to hear sarah's thoughts on game of thrones when she does watch it so sarah, many different moments and things in that show sarah when i watch it we can do a special broadcast just of our review of game of thrones we'll go through i'm, the I'm sure it'll, it'll be very yeah. colorful i'm yeah. very sure of that. <laughs> Just know that by the time you get to season six, they're not working with any book material anymore. So this is like free for all. Seasons one through five is, in my opinion, like the pinnacle of television. That I think House of the Dragon is on pace to succeed them. But up until now, like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones are like the to me that's like the highest television has ever made it to yeah yeah i'm excited so, for it so good. so it's kind of gonna be kind of like walking dead and breaking bad everybody told me you should watch it you should watch it you should watch it. i never did and then after i finally watched it i was like damn it i should have watched it but, well, <laughs> yeah. at least i get to binge it all now to put that way i have to go to the angst everybody else did when they were watching it so that is yeah. true but i'm gonna tell you right now there was something about watching game of thrones week to week oh, it was yeah. just it was a cultural phenomenon I mean, yeah. like, like I know that Walking Dead carried the same weight and Breaking Bad probably less than the other two. But, I, I mean, Game of Thrones was just a thing, man. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it, as it was unfolding, like, I remember being a kid watching The Sopranos, right? Mm-hmm. Not a kid, but enough of a kid, probably to where I shouldn't have been watching all The Sopranos. But <laughs> watching The Sopranos and it being a Sunday affair. Game of Thrones took that like time times ten times like a hundred. I mean, like mm-hmm. it was it being an adult with other 
I was an adult for the Sopranos, but at the same time, like I was still like a really young person when the Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones kicked off. It was everyone was watching it, mm-hmm. and like you couldn't, you couldn't go into a restaurant and talk about Game of Thrones without someone saying don't like I haven't seen it yet or someone saying you know like oh my god right <laughs> like it was one of those shows where everyone like it was culturally involved mm-hmm. and I you got to watch it at some point I mean yes you have to watch Rebels first but I uh, like you definitely have to get involved with it yeah well, it's like the Dukes of Hazzard man it's one of those things everybody watched you know I disagree but yes <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah man Loving the show. Anything else y'all want to bring up about it? I will say is that that's one show. I, I watch it every Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. I try to watch it every now. Sunday, but man, Sunday by the time I've gone through the Panthers loss and then the post game show, I gotta have something then, to cheer me up. Some family stuff. Yeah, I usually I I usually go to a show of death. Yes, unless I have friends. Who I know. Watch I'm like, night, I usually don't watch it that night. So because Damon actually, I'm like that was me today. I'm like, I won't just <laughs> yeah. don't want to take a rock and hit somebody in my head. I mean, God. is the guy everybody can relate to at some point in time. You've been a Damon. Not just yeah. how Damon did you go? How deep did you go, Damon? <laughs> how Damon did you go? <laughs> uh, how, how, how deep in the Damon territory? That's right. The scale right. from bitch to Damon. Yeah. Where were you at? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From, on, on a scale of bronze bitch to Damon. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a scale of was it Valeris to Damon? Yeah. Oh, Viserys. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. 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 you know, yeah. they're total opposite in some yeah. spectrum there. Definitely opposite. Um, I, I think that's that's probably it. I think Allison was the star of the, the of this episode, just with how things transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this next episode is going to be insane. So. Yeah. We say that every week, but we're not wrong. Every yeah, week it gets crazier and crazier. At least this time I'll be prepared to know it is like a 10-year jump. Because like I said, I, I have seen where you know they are changing the, the casting. Yes. So at least I'm prepared for that instead of like, hold on a second. Because the only you other, know, you know, I can figure out, it's like, oh, Allison was pregnant with this one, but she's not pregnant with this one. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, is it, there had to have been. A, so yeah. so I, I don't, so the, I'm waiting for a specific moment. And I, that's what the moment is after it happens. But there is a moment that I believe is going to happen either next episode or the episode after that I think is going to be one of the defining moments of the show. Okay. That, like this whole, this whole season, it's going to be like, oh, you're going to remember that part because it's kind of, <laughs> it's going to grip you uh, and not let go. Uh, that could happen this next episode, if not the very next one after. And okay. It's going to be Let us know what it does. And actually, <laughs> I'm going to bring it to the show next week, and I'm be like, "Was this the moment?" Let me see if I can pick it out myself. So, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let me know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we got. I have a feeling once you see it, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was that the was moment. it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. What were you saying, Ross? I was going to say, you're just going to mention every single moment in the show. Is that it? Was that it? Was that the next moment? Was that it? Eventually, I'll be right. That's right. True. You will be right. Shotgun method. Well, all right. We got one more show to talk about, and I kind of can't believe it's the last show that we end up talking about, but I'm sure we still got 
a good little while because we got three episodes of it and I know we've been waiting for it. So we can hop into Andor. Cody, did you watch Andor? Um, I started it. I have not okay. finished. No. I know you're not a huge Star Wars guy, but this yeah. show is. So I, I, I haven't finished it yet. No, I haven't okay. seen enough to like comment on it. Okay. But, um, I do like it because the character kind of doesn't seem like a good guy. <laughs> I, don't, I, I maybe he is. I don't. I don't know. But uh, I, I like that. It seems like a darker Star Wars story. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm into that. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Okay. Well, do you yeah. want to hang out with while we talk about it, or do you want me to give you? Uh, I'm going on an hour and th- or four hours and thirteen minutes. Yeah. Post game before this. Yeah. <laughs> Not post game. Yeah. Free for all. Uh, free for all. Yeah. All right. But, cool. Um, well. But yeah, man. Tell them where they can find you. Okay. At. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Cody Lax C O D Y L A C. I'm always on the C Three Panthers podcast. That's so like uh, we're doing content every day. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, uh, and then, uh, catch us on Sunday when we do the post camp show. Mm-hmm. Me, Greg, Tony, and CK. And we'll um, talk about the Panthers lost this mm-hmm. Sunday because I'm mm-hmm. predicting a loss. <laughs> what happens? The question on today was like, if we lose, does Matt Rule get fired? No. And maybe, like, we just don't know. So. It depends on how bad. I think if we get blown the F out. It's a yeah. good possibility. I don't we'll know. See. We did it. We got embarrassed like hell last season too. They're playing games. Yeah. Where we got embarrassed as hell. So I mean, unless yeah, but we knew he wasn't leaving last season. I don't think they'll season. let him go. Huh? I don't think they'll let him go. I don't think they will either. I don't think so. I think they're going to hold him till the end. I don't think Tepper's going to end of six years or end of this season. Season at least. Oh, I'll say, please don't say end of six years because we're only not even halfway there yet. Then if that's the case. I'll, listen, I'll give yeah. Greg his brownie points. He called it on day one. He's like, I don't fucking like this dude. He speaks in platitudes and coach talk. And he's like, you know, Greg, Greg called it. He was, he hit the nail on the head. I'm not right very often, but when I am, it's about my rule. So. <laughs> so Sarah's the same way. Well, to start Sarah's saying like some positive thoughts. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I, I appreciate y'all, uh, y'all having me, man. I, uh, I love talking House of the Dragon with y'all. Even uh, Rings of Power, I love. I enjoy talking mm-hmm. with y'all. Hell yeah, man! That's what's yeah, up. Man. Check out Lower Decks when you get opportunity, though. Oh, I'd lo- yeah, just I one episode. I'd love to hear your, um, your thoughts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I love animated stuff, so that's right <laughs> up my alley. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know if you're I, into well, anime, but I did um, watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and that's a big thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I finished that, that whole little season or that whole little Netflix drop, so that was really uh, good. Dude, I've been an anime nerd since I was like seven or eight years old, bro. <laughs> Give it a shot, man. It's a good show. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 for sure, man. All right, well, y'all have a great night. You too, bud. Um, All right, Teddy. We'll see ya. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. All right, down to three and three episodes. So, everybody's picking up, so we'll talk about it. Just break it down real quick. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. Andor is finally here. Uh, it was fun. It was funny because I I just totally forgot Wednesday that it was coming out, and then like I flipped on Disney Plus, and I was just gonna watch She Hulk, and I was like, let me go ahead and knock this one out of the way, and then like I saw watch three episodes of Andor, and I was like, I cannot believe I forgot. First of all, and second of all, I can't believe I haven't heard from Ross or Sarah about this when it came out today. 
That's why I sent you all that message. I was like, so Andor is out. Um, we didn't talk about it beforehand, so we are all going kind of off reactions here that we don't know or anything what anybody's going to say. I think we all, or at least I know I've put out there that I liked it. Beyond that, I haven't said anything else. Ross, man, you're my big Star Wars guy on this one. What's uh, what say you about Andor? I know you did the pregame with the Rogue One. You showed me. Ah, there well, we um, you know I'm a helmet guy. It was it was a good three episodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a fan. Um, I think that it was exactly perfect. Which I mean, everyone has been saying for a little bit that I have been listening to uh, that they released three episodes. They told a great little story arc right off the beginning. Mm-hmm. I do disagree with most people's reason why they did three episodes and they did it in such a fashion because the show is supposed to be 12 episodes for this season. Mm-hmm. So we got a quarter of it right off the bat. But if you do the math, which let me just do it for you. Um, they have guaranteed two more months of subscriptions for star Wars fans. So not only that, if they have kids who are into star Wars and or Marvel, then, you know, they keep going after that. If these three episodes are the entrance into the Andor show. I am firmly here for every bit of it. The way that they, you brought up the question today in the group chat of trying to understand what the, uh, Lord, what was the name of that planet? Canary, the Canary kids were, Mm -hmm. were actually saying, and I immediately said, you know, the whole point is that you're not supposed to know. Uh, the whole point is that it kind of clouds your perception of um, Casa or Cassian, how he grew up and what he grew up with, mm-hmm. and why he is the way that he is. Right. So every little bit that they've added into this show has been great to tell the story, but that's my immediate take. Right. Okay, Sarah. I, I just I just love the the world mm-hmm. because you know with Star Wars you're so used to certain characters so now you're actually exploring a lot more it's it's almost like everyday type how people live every day right you know it's just like I was looking at Brian I was like damn what so why the hell can we have transports like that I mean it's just like you know every and that's what I've always loved about Star Wars is just the the technology it seems like it's just so gritty and simplistic but yet it's you know, higher technology than what mm-hmm. we have now, you know, it's like speeders and I mean, it's just, but it's, I just love this world. I love it. It's a different iteration. You're, you're seeing something totally different. Like I said, it's, it's like, um, and then with Cassian himself, I mean, I, I love the, I love any kind of exploration you have on a character, but you have all these other characters as well. So, you know, now you're having, you know, you're seeing all these other relationships, you know, it's not a Skywalker. It's not, you know, a solo. It's not, it's, it's just an, any normal, any, you know, just people, just people. And I just, and it's, that what got my attention. Now the very first episode, I'm just kind of like, okay, let's, let's kind of get it, get it going. But by the you know second and third, I'm like, okay, I see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in, I'm in. I just, I think there's just so much I'm, I'm like absorbing right now. <laughs> right. That know? is, oh, yeah. that is real. You that know, is 100% fan, you know, the two fan edition shows. Mm-hmm. And for me, for like I said, for this, this type of Star Wars show, to me, it's more realistic. If that makes any sense. 
Right. To me, I, you know, I just feel kind of like if, if it was us in this world, this would be what we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like the Jedi or, you know, Sith and that kind More of thing. Oh, no. right. yeah, uh, exactly. I feel like the 90% of occupations in the whole entire galaxy are scavengers. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's what we end up being. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, I agree with you, both of y'all on taking the show. I'm loving it so far. And Sarah, it's funny you say that, that like the first episode was slow for you and then it picked up really well. It was the same way for me. Like I enjoyed it. But like by the time I got done with the first episode, I was like, all right, I got to figure out where the story's going, what they're doing here. By the time they get done with episode three, they have told a little story mm-hmm. arc right there of, okay, I have this established universe mm-hmm. where if you take out the blasters and maybe a few keywords like empire, stuff like that, it's a totally different st- story than Star Wars. It's not Star Wars at all, but it still feels like it's in the Star Wars universe. And they did a great job with that, you know? No lightsabers, no force powers, nothing like that. Not even any real talk of of Empire. It did have the, the BBY reference at the beginning, just to give you a timestamp, mm-hmm. which is great that I love that, because um, I love being able to know where I'm at in this universe. Um, but this show really impressed me, and I am I wish I could watch this whole series right now. Well, like when I got done with episode three, I was like, okay, give me more right now. I got to know what happens next. So um, let's break it down, man. Well, the first, the first episode, both of you talking about it being slow is very important because the Mandalorian was actually kind of slow in the first episode. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that gives you time to digest what you're about to walk into. Um, It being the first episode of a three story arc, bitch, it truly is. And I'll explain why I think that, but it, it, gives you a chance to get your feet planted mm-hmm. like uh yeah you need to know when it is yeah you know like I, I the greatest thing that they're doing is putting like the planet names out there and like helping you figure out where you are even though if mm-hmm. you can't pinpoint on a map you at least know like the names of the planets and everything else because i'm going to tell you once again that's what i was talking about with the other two shows trying to learn all these characters names and i'm like come on dude <laughs> like i don't need any <laughs> It made me stop and think. If there are people out there who are right-minded and not like us, and they choose to only watch one show at a time, like what? What's the majority of people watching? What? What are they? What are they going after? Are they going after Lord of the Rings? Are they going after hmm. House of the Dragon? Are they going after Star Wars? And clearly, it's all about your take, right? Right. But this right here, uh. I feel like everyone kind of likes Star Wars, unless you have some weird thing about you where you don't. This was cumulative in all of Star Wars. It meant that you needed to know nothing about it, mm-hmm. but you could walk into it and feel very much a part of it. Yeah. Um, the first episode, first off, the intro was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still they stick just enough to the classical music vibe but they bring more into it and i really enjoy the subtlety of which they're bringing more music into it uh it's more strings more almost like synthy style openings and stuff like that mm-hmm. now when you go into the first planet you know the first episode being slow is him trying to look for his sister him trying to figure out like what's going on um where is this person at and then you know he ends up committing murder on accident Let's talk Go about ahead. that before, before you get any further, because that was one scene I wanted to talk about. So what is going on here? He's getting jumped. 
or not jumped, but searched by these guards. Right. Oh, he's, he's, he's getting punked. I mean, like the, mm-hmm. he's getting hassled. They, yeah, they felt like he was a dick to them, and so they're they're hassling him yeah. because they think they're in a position of power. So he he headbutts this guy and accidentally kills him. Mm-hmm. And then yep. they all freak out like they were friends just playing a joke together. And he's like, oh, well, let's go ahead and get our story straight and this and that. The the guard is with him. Well, mm-hmm. the guards were in the wrong and they were off duty. Right. Okay. Because they were just being okay. asshole. Gotcha. Yep. They were okay. literally trying to swing their guard dick around when they had no place being out. That makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. I get that a little bit. Because it started when he walked in the bar because mm-hmm. when he walked in, the lady came to pay him mine before she paid those two mine. And they're like, oh, what? And of course, you don't really know how much they've been drinking. Mm-hmm. So you know, it happens the all the time shit. in bars, though. If you start like, talking if, shit, and oh, then yeah. thinking, yeah. And then if just, you're a stranger that walks in, people think they get more money out of you right off the bat, or they're more interested in you because they don't know anything about you. If you're mm-hmm. a patron of a bar or something like that, then you literally you're a fixture on the wall. So, mm-hmm. uh, to them, they didn't want to be fixtures on a the wall. They were like yeah. Norman Cliff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I'll let you know, too, before I saw this episode, I heard this online. I heard on the radio people talking about it, about how Star Wars has gone sexual and this and that. Oh, Lord. No, they haven't. Yeah. It's not anymore. There was sexual. only one moment that, that that met the line, and it didn't cross it. Well, mm-hmm. what I heard was, too, is the brothel scene. The bar we're talking about was actually a brothel is what it would more seem like, which, okay, whatever. Who the red light district was more of a thing that didn't have red lights. But, yeah, to me, yeah. that was. Well, and it was then more like the course, underground, the like the ski side. side. It was a little mm-hmm. more seedy. <laughs> and of course, the scene we'll talk about later with Tim and uh, and, and what's her name? Um, Bix. Bix. Yeah, Bix. So, but yeah. So, so I, I didn't fully understand that fight scene, but like, or, or why it was such a big deal. But and it goes further into it. But keep going. We're going. Oh no, it. they folded faster than fucking Kristen Cole did. I mean, mm-hmm. like that dude was like, you know, you killed my partner, and it was all an accident, but it was our fault because we were holding you up, mm-hmm. and they knew nothing about them about him and so um i don't want to skip too much ahead but his ship was pretty cool whenever he asked it out uh it had like y-wing engines and like a a different style cockpit like first off i really like that i like the ships i like the stuff they bring to the to the universe here um but i'll uh, just to stay on that particular particular storyline when it got brought up with the deputy inspector um What's his name? Cyril. Mm-hmm. Cyril Karn, I think, is what they actually ended up naming him. Um, that's that character, one and alone, is very important. I got some things to say about him too. But when his boss was just like uh, telling it as it was, I mean, yep. he literally described the events at which they took place mm-hmm. in his mind, and they were almost exactly dead on true. They fucked with the wrong guy. And they found out. They found out. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it. And it makes and me I, wonder why this this officer, like you're saying, is so makes such a big deal about it. And so, uh, okay, I'm only I'll say it now because I haven't heard it anywhere else, and I haven't really dwelled into theory as a whole lot at all because I wanted to kind of stay true to my own. And to me, this is very important. The first thing that his boss says to him is, "Have you modified your uniform?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, like I added piping, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Look, I've been in the military. I know I know front front office people when I've seen them. 
you know, the people who, who sew their pockets shut and like all that kind of crap that you're not supposed to do, you know, it's like, it's all a formality. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also, you know, when you're in a position of being someone that does the work and not someone who's out to, to create something totally different, you see that as a complete and total suck up. And that's exactly what this character is. Mm -hmm. But what I think is happening and I haven't heard it anywhere else. So I'm going to say you heard it here first is somehow that mentality is going to evolve into what the empire is, not what the Imperial Senate is, what the empire turns into because they are essentially the definition of the phrase that governor Tarkin says at the beginning of episode four and that, the emperor has dissolved the last of the blah, blah, blah Republic. And now all the regional governors are in control of their territories. And these are an example of regional governors basically being like a police esque force taking control of their territories. Mm -hmm. So the territory of, uh, Morlana one and now this outlying planet that we know is, um, shit. What's the name of his planet? Ferrix? Ferrix. I think that's right. Yeah. Where he's actually at. They're the controlling force. Mm -hmm. The controlling force doesn't seem to be that much to really screw around with because they know that, you know, a populace and like majority rules, you know? So like if they come around, they screw around with all these other people, then they're going to fuck around and find out. Right. Right. I mean, like it's going to, there's only so many of them. And then all these actual hardworking people aren't going to stand up for it, which right. happens. But to me, Cyril is like the beginning of the pompous and circumstance of the actual empire. Like mm -hmm. that look of the gray suits and everyone dressed to the T's and everything has to be form fitting. And it's almost like the evolution, which I know is a little late because like we've seen it in other shows and stuff already. But it feels like that's a natural progression. Right. And yeah, that so makes sense. With that character, you know, to him, for him to directly disobey his boss, which his boss is just like, I got a conference to attend. I'm out. You know, take care of shit. Don't put your feet on my like, desk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what you want in a boss, right? I mean, like, mm -hmm. you got it handled. I know you do. So I got to go do these things so you don't have to. But it really, um, I, that side of the story is very short, but then you talk about the other side, which is Cassian. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just said a whole bunch. Someone else talking about Cassian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean that character for me, like you can tell he, he's like a, the officer in the army that or officer in whatever branch you're in that nobody likes. Like, like you can tell when an officer goes in the field with a bunch of people who are actually always doing the grunt work and what they really mm -hmm. think of him. And just by the way, everybody looked at him, you know, right off the bat, you know, what was going he's on. a butter bar. Yeah, exactly. exactly he right. had such a great motivational speech. Oh yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, hold on. I, I, I described that speech. What did I say? Weak ass speech. I think is what I called it. Can we describe it? Well, I wanted to ask y'all. Okay. So there's the part that Cassian has that he's trying to sell the big part, the part that still has yep. a seal on it. Is that that middle piece that's in Vader's 
built thing. No. I know not the actual no. one, but is that what that is? Because it it's an NS9 Starpath. It's essentially their secrets. So the only well, you were a much. What'd you guys call it? What, what's your transpo called in the army? Transpo. Whatever your transportation division is, that you actually worked in. Whenever oh, you work wow. on a vehicle and it's got like some sort of secrets in it. Okay. I don't know if you actually had secrets in your vehicle. That's essentially <clears throat> kind of what this is. Not that I'm aware of. They're, that's the my told me about the secret. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, well, we had yeah. secrets on our plane and not just like, shh, don't tell anybody, but like, this is like real, like United States proprietary stuff. Oh yeah. I'm sure if you had and so, in the truck, yeah, it would, it would happen. Yeah. And so that kind of stuff. Right. So that's kind of what this is. And that is, um, it allows like encrypted communication, blah, blah, blah. But not only that, but it's more along the lines of a uh, GPS style type thing. Mm. So that's what he had. No, it was and, not Invader's chest, even though it looked like it. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't mean like literally that one, but it looked like, like, like oh, is that art? <laughs> so like it looked very, very similar to it. And I was like, hmm, I'll see. Um, but yeah, so so he has this thing. And I guess he's had it for a while. He's been saving it for a rainy day. And this is his rainy day because he's got to get the F off the planet. I love how dudes tell him too. He's like, you know, there's different prices for for me being discreet and for me being fast. He was like, and if you want both, it's going to cost you even more. And it's like, well, okay, that's, that's the way the world works. <laughs> but he's able to talk about it a little bit. Um, let's talk about Skarsgård's character. What's the name of the character he plays? Luthen. Luthen Rail. Or Rail. However you say it. So what we're looking at here is the beginning flames of the Repu of, of the Rebel Alliance, correct? Like they're bringing this together. It's going to bring us to what ends up happening in Rogue One, but yeah, but I think it's more like Spycor, right? Like it's more like he's he's trying to yes, Rebels fight back, but at the same mm -hmm. time he's trying to infiltrate, right? And so whatever he's trying to create, like he he sees in. Uh, Cassie, which is really funny because, like, in my mind, this whole entire three-episode arc is Cassie and running around with his tail cut off, and he's freaking the fuck out. Like, he's really trying to figure out how to get out in the way, and even through all that, this Luthan guy sees his ability mm -hmm. and not, like, his fear and squandering. Mm -hmm. So, Luthan's trying to build something more secretive and even though it may be for the rebellion it's definitely more um uh more personal than that it seems like right just to stick it to him i think that's what he saw in cassie and too is he saw that this is more of a personal vendetta with him and you get to see that too at least why he has such a vendetta with the empire i guess um it's going to be interesting to see them moving forward in the future and and their and their story it's even funny then that whoever's shooting blasters at him at that point shoots just like stormtroopers. They can't hit anything, <laughs> like anything at all. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like blasters just don't have any accuracy whatsoever because unless you, after so many it. people didn't do it. Yeah, but when a hero's shooting a man, they're right on point every time. You know, <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's like that with guns and movies too. Thousand rounds right. go down to the bat to the good guy, and I think it's hitting. He unloads two shots and. Two headshots automatically. How many Great arrows work. did Damon miss before he got struck by three? Probably 3,000. <laughs> good point. <laughs> very, very good point. Um, I thought the scene with Scar's guard and him where they were trying to escape that uh, that warehouse was really 
it looked cool, but it made no sense. Of course, I know nothing about what that yeah. was, but why would you have that many insanely heavy machines just hanging from chains in the ceiling? Well, Once again, like, I'm in Star Wars, but it looked like rims and axles. I don't know what it was, but whatever they were, they were huge. They were just it was all shit. it was all pulleys, and but made no sense is that it was just pulleys. Like there wasn't any sort of like conveyor system to make it like <laughs> right. work. Like to, to me, my mechanical mind goes into it, but. Mm. I know that this whole planet is about, you know, scavenging shit, which is just weird in itself because I don't know how many planets out there are all about that. But it, you know what it, well, first off, it puts something into perspective for me. The entire separatist war that we lived through with clone wars and, you know, the, the prequels, mm -hmm. you don't really get, the weight of that unless you think about how many scavenger worlds are out there with all this debris and dead shit on it because mm -hmm. of that. And I'm, I, I tend to forget that. And then things like this make me remember. Mm -hmm. So if this planet is all about scavenging, which it clearly is because I mean, that's what, you know, Tim and Bix have this whole entire business off of, not to mention, you know, they're paying people and, mm -hmm. Cassians get a whole little piece of the side. So what is crazy is that this town is probably built around that mm. rooms like this exist, maybe from like a different era, you know, I mean, like it, it, we still have tobacco warehouses, you know, not too far from us. And, you know, they're just now finally converting them to something else. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine that it's the same kind of mentality has to exist if they had, totally types of different thing, totally different types of things that they were actually trying to disassemble and salvage. Right. They would maybe need different equipment for that. Now to your point, the equipment in that room makes no sense. I don't know. It, I, I, I get part of it, but like I get stuck at like 25% and I'm like, oh, no, no, nothing else works. No. So you mentioned the name earlier. Let's talk about Tim. Mm. Uh, it's one of those moments where I kind of like when, when he, you know, gets what is coming to him, I was kind of like, hey, you deserve that. Then I kind of felt bad after that. I was like, ah, oh. I think Bix made me feel bad about it. But what an idiot. Like, first of all, I think it's dumb to, to, to I guess he was jealous. Well, I'm not really sure. I don't think Cassian was his friend. So he, a little bit of jealousy in there. So he kind of sells him out. But then at the end, like these guys all have blasters and you're running at them just downstairs with no weapon like a madman what do you think's gonna happen and then more to the point when they shot him it was like a big deal again i guess like okay. people being killed in this town community is a huge deal which don't get me wrong people being killed anywhere is a huge deal but most of the time in star wars when you see somebody die like that get blasted by a guard or something like that it's not as big of a deal being made of it that's you back know? to my point i'm gonna start with that and then i'm then we'll curl back to the tim thing all right that right there goes right back to my point of like, this is like, it feels like the seeds of the empire. It feels like things weren't okay. And like, now they're, they're doing what like our, our, our world is doing and making all these things. Okay. Just by evolution of like force. Mm. And so now it's okay because you know, what needs to happen is these people need to be brought to heal. These right. people need to understand that we're the authority and that in it's the opposite of what they say in Rogue One. 
if you want to make 10 men feel like a hundred, then what you need to do is kill these people rather than think that they're going to just shoot the side of you or pull, you know, do something to arrest you. Mm-hmm. No, it's life or death for you right. now. You don't get to play those games anymore. Like we are the opposing force and we come with custom suits and we think that we're all that. Well, that was the whole point of, um, what was the officer's name again? Sickle? Cyril. Yeah. yeah. That was the whole point because to me, he just came off as being like completely offended because he's like, Oh, somebody just killed two of our guys. Oh, we can't let, fueled. we can't let that go. We can't let that, we can't yeah. let that go. We, somebody's got to pay for this. He was fueled by his other guy. Uh, the, 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 what the scars town in one, you know, that the other guy that showed up on scene with him, who was perfect, you know, I mean, like to, to every officer, you're given a top of the enlisted, right? So when that guy showed up, he's like, no, like what we need to do is stand up. Like now's mm-hmm. our time. We can't take shit. We don't bend. And mm-hmm. then Serial felt, Serial felt empowered. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say like, that's why it feels like the roots of the empire. It yeah. feel it, it with five years battle before you have, and like, it feels like it's too late in the game for that to happen. But I guess a lot can happen in five years. If, I mean, I hate to keep relating back to our own world, but you know, like if something were to grasp it, you know, really truly evil, like it could happen that fast. Yeah. And so I, I just don't understand because like you said, we've had similar references to it in shows before this. And I mean, the emperor even announces, you know, the start of the first galactic empire, like mm-hmm. back in episode three. So it's like, well, but it, I don't think it was really considered the empire. Like it felt like he, yes, it was the first galactic empire, but I don't think the name had really caught on. It's one of those things you. to where it's like, you know, oh, uh, well, I mean, prime example, I sent you that, that text earlier, like they're opening up a restaurant back where we used to live. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, if they truly are like that, that restaurant stuck to the same name, even after new owners bought it, like I would still call it the same thing. We have a friend that I still can't, you know, you know, I still call Bobby Bobby, right? Yeah. He can't go change sure. his name halfway through his life. It doesn't work. So mm-hmm. the Empire is taking a moment to actually like evolve into what the Empire is. Yeah. And if it's the Galactic, if it's the Imperial Senate, it, it it starts moderating. It starts causing a moderation in the name change. Right. And so I feel like all of this is kind of going with it. The show and of I- force, the power, the authority, all of that. And I'd imagine too that if you're like what you're saying, the rebel force will grow congruently with the empire. So it's going to yeah. build up all this at the same point in time. It makes sense. Yes. Forces matching each other. Okay. And uh, rather than coming about out with the, the full on rebellion, what they're ju- doing is really trying to figure out how to stop the seeds of the empire. Right. And mm-hmm. now it hasn't reached a point to where they need to go full out Rogue One. Right. Gotcha. Let's talk about the escape, the Scars Guard, and. Oh. Uh, you had Tim. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Tim's the Tim, right. The Tim situation. Yes. Sarah, what'd you think about Tim? What'd you think about the Tim Bix dynamic? That was kind of weird. That was just, that was just kind of a. I 100% believe that was fueled by jealousy. 100%. Right. 100%. Because they're working together. There's something. Even Cassie was like, oh, looks like there's something going on there. She's like, I'll be quiet. She's like, I'm good. And then even what. Tim and um, Cassian said, he's like, Cassian's like, oh, yeah, she's pretty, she's pretty tough. I hope you're man enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. And he just walks away, which that's what yep. Cassian's done in this entire city. He always walks away. He's always going yep. somewhere. 
So he's it seems trying like to you see the back ass. of his head more so you see the front of the, his face. He has a lot yeah. of money, people. Yes. And he's, I mean, he's almost like he kind of gave a, I know I'm kind of diverging a little bit, but it's almost like, God, it's like, is he like a straight up dirt bag? I mean, what is going on with this guy? He's not a good guy. No, he's not. He's All not right, a good guy that made a He's afraid for his life. He is afraid <laughs> for his life. That's what's happening. Well, this was, you know, this is kind of previous to that. I mean, even before, you know, they were sending out all these missives and all this kind of stuff. But because um, I was like, how many other guys does he owe money to? But he does. But he does have a flair of using words, especially for the two guys. He was like, oh, you're, you're taking orders from him now. No, yeah. that's not what I said. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, brought muscle. <laughs> pay attention to me. He no, said all but- I had to do was stand here. <laughs> But cool. but that's what I was trying to figure out. What's the relationship between Cassian and Bix? If they're just like friends, just something that kind of grew up together, or you know, so that's how I kind of felt it was. Like they just kind of knew each other. Mm-hmm. And then you had Tim over here. He's like, "Yo, dude, that's my lady." He's like, "Y'all might be friends and stuff." But then, you know, Tim was like, "Why is she sticking her neck out for him?" Mm-hmm. You know that kind of, and that's where I'm saying like, the jealousy fell into it because, yeah, dude ratted him out like just like want nothing. I think it was definitely the jealousy thing. And then there's also the one scene where he's, you know, he's fighting with uh, the droid about using comms, using comms, using comms. And of course, when he uses the comms, that's what gives him away. Yeah. So very fitting. Do you know happens. the droid's name? No. He's, she just calls him B. <laughs> yeah, it, it was something like I saw it on the on the B two E M O. Yeah, as in, emo, something like that's what Don't be yeah. too emo. God. No, not for real. <laughs> wow. Okay. I feel like I was the only one that picked up on that because I have heard zero people talking about it. I saw and the it, droid but I was is like, kind of even announce it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he I, calls him B, you know, B two, but he's no, which, whichever, which like I was all cool with. But then when I saw EMO, I'm like, like emo, like, like, <laughs> like, like cut myself emo. But then. The, what they do is they portray the character of the droid uh, look partially very well because I, I think that it's very it's a very acute observation to pick up on the fact that it takes more power for the droid to lie to f- create a falsehood rather than to just recount the events mm-hmm. and tell the truth which I feel like from someone who puts lines of code in computers constantly makes sense. Like, like you have to like build a story. And so for this little itty bitty droid who has been through shit in life, uh, I don't understand how the whole power cell works with the droid. Like if you just have to replace them, which, you know, we, we saw R2 as like a a grandpa droid and you know, episode eight, but at the same time, it's just, Wow. I mean, wow. Great. It's, I heard, I did hear one thing that was really cool. And it was, what if they were able to take the memory from this droid to put into the K2 droid? So when K2SO comes around, I'm like, that's a far stretch, but I like the thought. Yeah. But like, why? I don't mind it. I mean, wow. A why, a why not? It's all the same. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Just have fun. Um, something that people don't think about when it comes to Star Wars is that all of Star Wars is connected. Uh, everything from the animated shows to the live action. Mm-hmm. 
the TV shows, the movies, it's all connected. Mm. And there's not another genre that is really like that, that encompasses even like all of the animated shows. Right. So, well, like 90% of them. So for Star Wars, Correct. like it's really interesting when, pe- when, when, <laughs> when people mm. start doing that. Um, but the droid itself is really cool. With Tim, mm. Tim and Bix, I think... I think that the scenario of them being best friends, like Bix and, and Cassian, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed like they could confide each other. She knew that he was Canari or Canarian or however they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew all that stuff, that being the actual thing that set her off to know that it was Tim that told, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever the blue suited fuckers are called. Uh, it's important to remember that you can have friends that, are of different sex and mm-hmm. not, you know, be motivated towards anything. Right. But man, did he take it overboard? I know. Cause I started questioning. I was like, why? She, you know, she's like, he's like, where are you going? I got to run some errands. Oh, and he's going to follow her. I'm like, what do you think is going to happen when you catch her? Or, you know, if you come. She, yeah. I mean, she was like, cute. What the hell are you doing, I understand. <laughs> he was trying to follow her all around. But at the same time, she was should have just been like, I mean, I guess that's what her one day, one day a week policy really was like, you're a little too much. You only get one day a week. Period. <laughs> I mean, that right there with the red flags for me, but you know, yeah. When anyway, time in the beginning of the relationship. He was like, like a that, puppy dog. Like, I mean, seriously, he was like yeah. a puppy yeah. dog. I was like, really? Dude? It's not, it's not his first Star Wars role. He was in one of the prequel movies. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I imagine as a younger kid. Nope. Not as Tim. The actor was. Well, that's what I mean. But I imagine as probably a child actor, because that was 20 years there, ago. No, he was in one of the uh, sequel movies. Oh, the sequel movies. Okay, like I said, prequel movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. No. That's cool. Um, talk about, let's talk about the kids in Canary. Oh, wait, no, my bad. You had somewhere you wanted to go. Well, no, I was just going to say, I was going to talk about the getaway with Skarsgård. The, like, I don't know why I can't remember his name in the show, but uh, I Luther. love that they picked the actual uh, uh, the speeder bike they ended up going with. It, oh, yeah, the, 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 the 74, 74Z, yeah. I think is what it is. thought that was pretty cool. I was like, ah, that's nice. Yeah, I know. Here. Don't don't give me shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going to say about the kids, the Canary kids? Uh, that whole entire thing. Um, I'll start off and then we'll, we'll end with it also after we talk about that. Uh, with the kids and the planet, the whole mm. thing gave me major Hook vibes right off the bat. I heard a lot of people say Lord of the Flies, but to me it was Hook. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It was just the kids screwing around and having a good time. Uh, we didn't really see them having a good time in this bit, but the planet had a mining uh, you know, they call it disaster i guess yeah but like you know they it seems to be so overshadowed by the truth of what could actually have happened Mm. that i think that's going to kind of come back into play at some point because you know if the kids were able to survive did they just run away were they somewhere else you know i've seen plenty of other shows and movies to where you know um kids were just in a different physical location than like the adults were Mm-hmm. And like that's why they survived. So the rumor's been going around that the fact that the ship crashed and it had yellow people on it 
that the whatever was on that planet caused them to turn yellow. Mm -hmm. I complete. I I feel like that's not true. Well, they were mentioning it having toxins. They they said that before when they talked about it. So maybe that's what it was. I don't know. To me, I don't feel like it would have made them turn yellow because if Marva and I can't remember the the guy's name that showed up to actually save him, Mm, Cassian, they didn't turn turn a color. And like it wasn't. They were wearing masks, remember? Well, so were the other ones. Yeah, but a lot of those guys, apparently when they crashed it, would not the masks came off. I I find it difficult to believe it's going to change your colors. Yeah. Then again, I mean, yeah, I've, what I've kind seen, of toxin it is? Yeah, I mean, I've seen. Weird Don't things. overthink it. <laughs> I know. Maybe they were just yellow people. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know? well, I've seen Blue Man Group. I, I, I found it more that. crazy that the guy who like they thought that the uh, the girl who got killed by by the, the, the blasters that they all shoot with the blow darts. Yeah. Like she pokes him and he's like dead. Then like he gets up and sees her and like without question just shoots her. Not only that, he gets up and none of them shoot him. Right. Right. They're all looking at her and they don't notice, you know, another deer moving in the woods. You know, right. I, I feel like right you'd, you'd see movement. Yeah. But it was kind of crazy. Like I was like, why would he get up and just shoot her? Like no questions asked anything. Like could be maybe disoriented. They, could be. You know. Could be. Yeah. Maybe they've had hostile run-ins with people on this planet before because they were mining stuff there and they shouldn't have been, or maybe you know something like that. There's a whole story there that we may find out something about. May never know. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they were mining. I know, Me right? too, because I and I have heard this, but I was thinking it as I was watching it. The whole premise of Rogue One and Cassian for him was that he said to what's her face that he'd been in the fight since he was six and he wasn't six in this show no but he, he was. was definitely he was he was pushing 12 by the mm-hmm. looks of it and so i would imagine that whatever happened on that planet and then the years afterwards you know were just a struggle so whatever happened on that planet had to be somehow imperial related mm-hmm. um Marva and the other dude said that a Republic ship was coming and that if they found all these people dead, that they would just kill the kids. So I don't know at that point if they still consider the Republic, the actual like Imperial Senate Republic or what they're considering them Mm -hmm. because it's such a gray area in that point in time to really truly understand who's who and what's what. Um, I, I, I feel like they'd be bad guys if they just get up and shoot. Like that would be like my number one assumption, mm-hmm. but also you know we're left to believe that Cassian's the only one that made it off the planet, and how does he know where his sister's at? So there's a lot of dots that aren't connected. Mm-hmm. This whole thing has been about Cassian running from something that he did, and I think that it's really showing the weight of a decision that he made and how much it's affecting him, and how much that's going to change him going forward into. Casting Andor the spy. So, huh. good, no, you get back to uh, Luthen and their little mm-hmm. runaway getaway. The fact that he walks in, strapping mines to that door, and then you know, just giving you know, rule one and rule two to Casting right off the bat, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a badass. Yeah, they make him out to be a badass in the show, which is awesome. That's what I needed. So. <laughs> I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. We're only going to get one episode per week from here on out, right? Yes. Okay. And what's the total number on this? Nine? Twelve. Twelve. That's right. You said that before. And then another twelve for season two. Sweet. 
I'm interested to see how much time passes during each season. You know, we know we got a five-year span, so I'm wondering how they split that five years. I think you might get it between the episodes. I think you're going to get a not like a like a healthy healthy time jump. You're probably going to get like some sort of consistent time jump, unless they unless they tell the story in arcs. Yeah, well, like I said, they only have five years to play with. Yeah, so it's actually less than five years because the battle Rogue One happens before battle so yeah oh yeah well yeah slightly before (laughs) well you if you look at episode one i mean that's you're talking that whole thing happens within like a matter of days or episode three excuse me or four but yeah so it's it's just slightly before yes i guess you wouldn't really consider any on time then would be four or five years Awesome, man. I am so looking forward to finding out what's going on with this episode, this series. I'm so happy that we were hyped up about it. We were excited about it. We saw it and we were excited about it and it delivered. I'd have been so upset if it didn't, you know, not saying that Book of Boba didn't, but I didn't get everything I wanted when I was looking at Boba Fett and I saw the previews. It was a great show, but it wasn't what I expected. And that's my fault, my expectations type thing. So, but this show is right there for me. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. It is more real world. Like, this is what our lives would be in the Star Wars galaxy, far, far away. You know, not lightsabers and force. I heard a good takeaway um, that made a whole lot of sense. And that was if you were a kid and you had the option to tell the story of what happened to Boba Fett when he came out of the Sarlacc pit, like, if you were, you know, kicking British. BK Knights lights, whatever the light up shoes were mm-hmm. in the sandbox as a kid, like what would your story be? You know, how would Boba Fett crawl out of that sandbox? And uh like that's the kind of story you got. Like Mandalorian was kind of the same thing. Like, what if there's another Mandalorian that he was just kicking it with going around the galaxy doing some mm-hmm. weird stuff with, you know? And like a lot of those are just good fun kid stories. Yeah. And Andor is something that's a different take. Andor is a creation. Indoor something that came out of nowhere, and I think that it's spectacular, and it's a great point of view to have on future Star Wars stories going forward. Yeah. Andor showing the effects of things that happen in the Skywalker saga, basically, like yeah. what happens to the rest of the universe when this stuff's going on. These are the major events that cause this trickle down effect. This is the trickle down effect. This is what happens to regular people throughout the rest of the galaxy. So, I do love it. A great story. There are pictures that float around the internet that do make me worry and make me happy and make me sad. And it's like when I saw the picture of uh, Hayden Christensen and the little girl that played Leah on Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's, that's, that's a father and daughter moment. Like, that's, <laughs> that's so cute. Like, you know, like you like part of you just like gets it like right there. Yeah. And then I, then you see the picture of, uh, Oh, now his name's escaped me. The guy who played Solo in the Solo movie. Mm-hmm. And the girl who played Leia and Obi-Wan, you're like, these are roughly the same exact time frames. So just imagine that this old guy is dating this young girl. Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh, damn it. No, don't do that to me, Internet. Well, it was kind of like that in real life with Harrison Ford. And, uh... Yes, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of historical. Anyway, but... I'm happy. Star Wars is on a good place in time i like it i like it too i like it too so you got any last thoughts i'm ready for episode four i hear you that's a good I'm ready to roll I'm ready ready to rock and roll I'm telling that's you. right 
Let's go. <laughs> there you go. Well, y'all, we hit that perfect three hour mark, just like we have the last couple of weeks, man. We've got some awesome content to talk about. So it's kind of hard not to uh, talk about it for this long. I'll tell you that. I know, but right? <laughs> I'm out of notes. I got to work in the morning and I'm ready to wrap things up. You already get out of here? Yeah, we're going to get to Avatar tomorrow. tomorrow. Nice. Oh, good call. We were just talking about that. I don't remember seeing that movie in theaters, to be truly honest with you. So I may go see it too, just, just to go see it. Because I don't remember seeing it. Remember seeing it open a weekend? Or like opening whatever, and then we saw it again, three day. So we're gonna see it tomorrow, three day. Nice. I remember in three day too. My That's parents, a three uh, movie right there. Mm -hmm. My parents were just at, uh, at at Disney in Florida, and they went to Pandora, the Avatar World. But that's so not counting how many times thing. I watched it on DVD as well. So <laughs> I mean, I've I pretty much have this movie memorized. Yeah, I watched it was it a, a good movie, but I have not watched it that much. I, I, I remember it. watching it a lot when it came out, but I haven't mm -hmm. seen it in a long time. And I'm not, for some reason, I'm just not really insanely excited for the next one, but I think it's just it's been so long. Time. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed Avatar when it came out, and I really enjoyed the 3D experience, and I thought that it was really good. I'm not a James Cameron fan. I think the mm -hmm. dude's a little bit of an asshole. That's just me. I do think that it is too late, but I'm not going to not see the movies. Well, the whole plan is he's got like what five or six of these damn movies. I'm like, dude, four more. Four I, more I can't, I can't do ten year increments. I can't yeah. do that. I mean, it's you know, it's just go on my list. I think they're only gapped at like two years. Yeah, but, but that's the thing about it because I mean, that's what he should have done prior. Yeah. But then again, with something like Avatar for that movie unto itself, I I thought it was it was great. I mean, it was it was oh my gosh, it was. It was just a movie. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But when I have to explain to people what the word avatar means and how it means, like how, what its correlation is to that movie, mm -hmm. everyone starts like trying to like freak out. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know what an avatar is, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, let's, let's start there and let's start backtracking. I'm going to teach you how this works. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just like, that makes no sense. I'm like, I mean, it does as the name for a movie. Like, right. It's just a name. <laughs> I mean, technically, by definition, yes, it does kind of make sense. It's just people I think when people hear Avatar, they think about the anime series. Or, yeah. yeah well, like Airbender and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. I don't know. It should just be interesting, especially to see the the, the second one, because I'm like, is it going to still have the same magic? That's that's my yeah. point. Well, we'll see. I'm, I, I can't get past the seams of the first one, because once again, it came out 2009. So... I, like we've had so many years just with that one movie. And when I see this, all I can think about is like second rate Disney movie mm -hmm. where they, you know, like how was it? They had Lion King. And I know they had Lion King too, but then they came off with like musical spinoffs and like all this other shit. That's what like Avatar two feels like to me. Right. And I know that I haven't even seen it. three has been seen in my house when Gage was younger. It was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, my nephew is stuck on all of it right now. It's ridiculous too. Yeah. But like I said, my thing is I just hope it still has the same magic because it was because yeah. I don't think my two I don't think they've sat through the entire movie. I think we've started a couple times, but then of course they have to go fish off into something else. It's a long sit down. So yeah, yeah, so this, I hope we're like close enough to where we can like bathroom breaks. No. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing hearing from that, and I actually might go see it myself. I got about fifty bucks for that Adam bucks that I can use to do something, so maybe it'll be a trip this weekend too. We'll maybe whenever Black Adam tickets go on sale, you could use them for that. 
That's what I've been saving them for. Just so saying. Isn't that still end of October, what, like 21st or something like that? 21st. One month away. Is I'm that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 God, that's so. close. Oh, that's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Sarah, where can they find you at? You can find me on the Twitter at My Lady Kitten. And then, of course, you can find me here Friday nights when I decide to watch what I need to watch and jump on. <laughs> yeah. We watch a lot. So it's totally understandable. Yeah, something so that can't much. Watch. Ross, where can they find you at? Right here, buddy? Only here. That's why I talk so much. Uh, like <laughs> you can find me at the Bad Daddy 52 on Twitter. Check out at GCS Podcast One's the show handle. We're here every Friday night, live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes it varies, but we've been doing pretty good on Fridays for the last few mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, come check us out. Give us a like. Give us a review. Share with a friend. Be part of the show. Come in and I'll uh, post your comments and uh, interact with us. It's a fun time. So. You can catch the audio on any podcatcher of your choice. I'm dropping it immediately after we get done recording from now on. So uh, check us out. If you don't uh, get a chance to check out the video, check out the audio at least. But uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. I'm tired. And until next week, everybody, keep pounding. Bye, guys.